It's time to get back to working out like you're 20 again, even if your playlist screams 40, with the best pre-workout, protein, and more from GNC. Plus, you'll find solutions for energy, sleep, stress, and weight management so you can live better than ever. At GNC, your glory days start now. We got to let in Bill WD-40 to lube us up for tonight's show. And uh, let's see who else do we have. Kathy Evans, nice to see you. And Peppa H., always a pleasure. Mark Ellens, thank you for coming on in. Stephen Edmond, always a pleasure, my friend. And Bigfoot Rob. And uh, who else do we have? Skip DeMaloo, always a pleasure to see both of you. Uh, we're running out of time here, so let's speed it on up. Sea Warrior Sun, good to have you back. And Chris6716, thank you for joining us. Uh, Silent Listen, thank you for coming on in. YJ, Tokeland, and Pink Volo, good to see you. The drink of tonight, strong stuff. Water, holy cow, Simply Coco. Hitting it hard tonight for a Thursday. We got 10 seconds uh, before we launch. The Super Chat is open. Our store is open on our website, spacedoutradio.com. Grab your swag today. Horns up. Let's rock. From the mountains of central British Columbia, to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at YouTube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old Davy the favor hit that subscribe button you can follow us on twitter at spaced out radio instagram at spaced out radio show and on tiktok at spaced out radio our website spaced out radio.com we have a plethora of features for you rock out to bumblefoot read the news wire check out our swag as well tonight's show is brought to you by chive charities help make the world 10 percent happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a power show of woo tonight. Glenn Jackson explains his encounters and research into Sasquatch and the paranormal. In hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Swamp Dweller's got a new story for us. Super Duke will be here for the abbreviated World Bigfoot Radio. Then we have Dave 101 Night and the news. Let's get right to it. Glenn Jackson is a paranormal and Bigfoot field researcher based out of the beautiful state of Georgia. He's done extensive research across the southeastern U.S. His quest to explore the unknown began growing up in northern Virginia, just outside Washington, D.C. He often heard of the Mount Vernon Monster, a tall, hairy creature that made its appearance in the northern Virginia suburbs. It's occupied an area that was historically protected and a large military base. Since then, his passion for research has also carried into his professional career. He is a critical care paramedic, certified firefighter, and a hazardous materials technician. He is also an instructor of emergency medicine. This man is prepared for everything, including when Bigfoot decides to walk across his lawn just after he cut it, putting those footprints in the ground. That's never nice. But I will tell you this, Glenn has, uh, you know, he's got an impeccable mustache, 
good handlebars, and, you know, that's the thing Sasquatch is going to be looking for in the forest. Glenn Jackson, welcome to Spaced Out Radio for the first time. Good to have you here, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's a pleasure. We're glad to have you here as well. Now, we know you have been on a couple of times with our weekend host of Off the Trails on our YouTube channel, the incredible mm-hmm. Jessica Jones, the cryptid huntress. And and I, I'm telling you, I needed to have a little bit of Glenn Jackson on this show, man. <laughs> I needed to have it. So I'm going to introduce you to our radio audience. You know, you have been, as, as in your bio, have been interested in this subject since childhood. But, I mean, when did you start taking it seriously? And why did you start taking it seriously? Well, I start as a kid, we, you know, stumbled upon the Mount Vernon monster in Virginia. Um, and, you know, as you get older, you have kids get married, you know, mortgage, the whole thing. You forget about things getting carried away with your career. And uh, when uh, I moved to Georgia, I realized that I was in kind of a hot spot for Bigfoot. And so I was like, hmm, well, maybe I could find a group around here and do some research and, you know, get out in the field and. You know, I'd seen some crazy things growing up around a military base and then obviously the Mount Vernon monster. And uh, so and I was so, so blessed to have met uh, Jessica and our team. Um, they have taught me a lot and we've went out in the field and done quite a bit of research. And uh, I've had experiences with them and as well as I've had experiences just on my own. Um, now I've had experiences, I can say in three well, actually four states, including Alabama, Virginia, Georgia, Tennessee and Alabama. So my wow. GED math is right. That's four. So, <laughs> well, you know what? Get you up here to British Columbia. We can show you some experiences as well. How about that? I'd love to. I would love to. I spent a little time in Yakima as a child, and I want to go back to that area out there. Uh, when I did some transports uh, in the field, we drove up the five and went through uh, all of the Oregon and Portland area, or not Portland. Washington and Oregon area there coming up out of Northern California. It was beautiful. And I was like, oh, I want to get out in these woods. You know, what's funny is if you hop on the I-5 right at Tijuana, from Tijuana to my house in central British Columbia is exactly seven signal lights. That's crazy. It's, That's crazy. Because yeah. the I-5 is straight. <laughs> A lot of people don't understand yes. the I five is very straight, and yes. uh, and once uh, w- you go, you, you hop on the I five, you take it right to the Canadian border, and then you go straight through the Canadian border, hang it right on Highway one, and that's when the the turns start. I mean, that's never mind like getting off at a at a, at a, a you know. A, a, <laughs> at a convenience store to pick up gas or anything like that. That's not including that or, or the yeah, the turns in the highway. I'm just saying like strict signal lights is six or seven turns from Tijuana that's, to my house. That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, the, the interstate was so bad. Uh, we'd been up for so long. I actually fell asleep while driving and like woke up in like sheer terror. I was like, ah, done that. <laughs> Cause it's, it's straight. It, you're absolutely right. It's straight. And, I don't want to say boring because it was new to me, but yeah, it was <laughs> uh, after being up for a long period of time, it didn't help me a whole lot. I don't blame you. I do not blame you at all. You know, your love of this subject, it really has become a passion for you over the years. And, and you know, the one thing that I've learned a lot about Sasquatch research, and I am very amateur at it. But I still have. I still go out every weekend to to take a look at the forest because you just never know. For you, 
as someone who has taken this subject very seriously, you know, what have you learned about going into the forest? What have you learned about what to look for and what to stay away from? Um, well, as far as what to look for, um, I mean, you can turn on any YouTube channel, TV channel and find, you know, you're going to find the bent trees, you're going to find the markers and things like that. Um, obviously when you're closer, the smell is what is the biggest trigger. Um, but you know, I can't say I've had an area to stay away from because I don't think you know it until you're upon it because you get kind of just a creepy, eerie feeling. Um, but you know, things I learned when you go out looking for them, a friend of mine compared it to we're their cable TV, basically. And they know when we're out there, they're an animal that can sense uh, and smell much better than ours. We presume. And, um, Basically, he said, go out here, enjoy yourself, camp, hike around, see the nature. But the best adventures have come to us. I mean, and that's that's so true, because if you go out in the woods and after a period of time, I would assume they would recognize smell or something. I are. I'm just guessing on that one. Um, It's like if you don't go poking the bear, eventually the bear comes looking for you. So some of the best experiences we've had. You know, I've had rocks thrown at me. Um, we were asleep one night in the base camp and this horrible, nasty smell came through and was, oh, and it was mimicking uh, our conversation from during the day. So, I, and it, you know, we, we camped, we had fun. Um, but as far as the bad stuff, I would say that, uh, you know, what to stay away from, they'll let you know if you're in, too close in. And once you realize that it's time to, you know, uh, evade, escape, evade. What is it? Run, escape, evade, or something like that. Or fight, run, something. I don't know. But so yeah, it's it's time to get out of the woods if uh, if you've upset one. And the other thing that a lot of people don't realize there is usually at least two at a time if you encounter one. There may be one in front of you, but there's probably one to your right, left, or behind you. Oh, very, very true. And, you know, I've had some close encounters with this creature as well. I saw my third one this past fall with my nine-year-old son and a couple of friends of mine. And I will tell you, you know, we were 100 yards away from that one. And it was still impeccable to look at. Like, were we seeing actually what we were seeing? And, you know, it really is something that plays with your mind when you first see one. Tell us about your first encounter. Um, Well, my first encounter was as a teenager with the Mount Vernon Monster in Virginia. And we had uh, heard about this thing for, I don't know, a while. And it made the it made national news. It was all over the place. You know, they had the military out there looking for it. They had the local police, the park police. Uh, the DNR, they they had everybody and their brother looking for it, and they never could find it. And you would hear this thing in the woods screaming at night. And, of course, the parents always tell you when you're a kid, you know, don't go out in the woods, the boogeyman will get you. Well, <laughs> you know, what do you do, you know, during the summer when you're bored? <laughs> so we were always out in the woods exploring, hiking, and getting into trouble of some kind or another. So um, one night we had been told, um, I- I've been involved in public safety my entire life, uh, that a police officer had been behind a certain country club right around from uh, George Washington's home, and it had stuffed him in a dumpster. No. <laughs> so, yeah, we were told that by police officers uh, that uh, he went to a report of a bum that was digging through the dumpster, and so he rolled up out there, and um, 
he's like, oh, there he is. He's somebody getting, he started yelling at him and the thing picked him up and shoved him headfirst in the dumpster. And wow. I wouldn't have believed that story had it not been from some of my public safety friends. Cause you hear yarns and tales and jocular stuff all the time. Uh, so we decided that we were going to go onto uh, the golf course and we were going to, we weren't as brave as we thought we were because we stayed out on the fairway in the greens. You know, we, <laughs> we didn't get into the woods and we kind of topped this little rise and we see sitting almost, I want to say it's like Indian style. And it, it was like dipping its hand in the water. And the first thing I said was, what's well, a person. And then my other friend to my right said, no, that's too big to be a person. And the other person with me, there's three of us said, I think it's eating a frog. And I'm like, wait, what? And we probably weren't as quiet as we thought we were. And uh, when the thing stood up and turned, there was no doubt in my mind, in the three of us, in our minds, what this thing was. Uh, It was incredibly tall. Um, The thing I remember most about it, and it could just be because we were so young, but it had the most shiny silver reflective eyes and bright white teeth of anything I've ever seen in my life. And, um, of course, immediately we decided it's time to get the heck out of Dodge. Um, so we didn't get into the woods. We stayed on the green in the fairway and took off running as fast as we can. This thing paralleled us, uh, in the woods sounded like a, uh, train. I mean, it was like making noise and grunting and, um, keeping up for a stride for a stride. Um, and so we had, uh, found a little hole in the fence is how we got in. Um, but the fence went to the edge of their property and there was an old colonial style, uh, mansion that was back in the woods. Um, and it had the typical brick and wood, uh, with rock pillar fencing of the colonial era. And, but they had put a chain link, uh, behind it. And on top of it, they had put uh razzie, razzie wire, the wire on top yes. of it. Uh, this thing grabbed the top strand and flipped itself over ran across the driveway of the mansion, did the same way and landed in the swampy area. Now, by this time, we've managed to get out onto the road and we're safe because we're under a street lighter, so we thought. When it landed, it landed like into what you would picture kind of like the Iron Man pose, you know, coming down and landing, um, and just stared at us with his teeth bearing and growling as loud as it could. And I was like, yeah, it's it's time to go. And so up the street in the middle of the road, we went screaming like little kids we were. <laughs> No kidding. I'm surprised you uh, came home with clean pants. Yeah, well, it was it was questionable there for a moment. (laughs) You know, like I remember my first encounter. It happened in 2013. Friend of mine were within 100 feet of two of them. And, you know, it was middle of the day. And the second the first one was kind of hiding behind a tree, peering at us. The second one my friend didn't see, but I, I, I recognized this tree branch shaking and it kind of caught my attention. And that's where I saw the second one walk right through that. And I got a full right side and back profile. And the one thing that I remember was how, like I, and I can see it right now as I explain it, you know, how the shoulders just went to this giant head. There was no neck and it didn't turn to look at us. I want to see the face. And the one we saw earlier this year, or last late last year, pardon me, uh, I guess I have to say that now. It was it was a hundred yards away. There was no way we could make out a face or anything. We knew it was standing there, staring at us. We could see the head. We could see the shape of the shoulders of the torso going down to the legs. 
but we couldn't see any animated features, so to speak. But at least we know now we're in the area. We've got the area, and <laughs> and now it's a matter of going back there, getting them used to us again, and making sure that you know it's it's a weekend thing. We go we go there every weekend, every Saturday night. Yeah, that's great. And you probably start having amazing encounters once you kind of just kick back and barbecue and, uh, you know, put some dogs on the grill. These are the best experiences we've had, even as a team, is uh, just hanging out around base camp. Yeah. The only scary time that we had uh, at that area that that we we are now investigating here is there was one weekend there in between when we had set up fires and did some uh, barbecuing was it was – the minute we turned onto the logging road, it felt weird, like not very friendly weird. And I personally, I'm an ET contactee as well. And I personally, I was driving and everywhere I looked in my headlights, I was seeing pareidolia of alien gray faces in trees, in bushes, you know, and then you, you pull up to it, you focus on it, you pull up to it, and you realize it's the shape of the leaves, like there's nothing there, you know, but it, it was scary the entire way up, and there were four of us there, including my son, I bring my son out for everything, because I want him to have that experience as well, Good. and uh, well, he's excited because he, he's got a jackknife and a new, brand new flashlight out of it. So he, he's pretty pumped up about that. But for him, like we we didn't even let him out of the vehicle. And we were there only 40 minutes, never even stopped my vehicle just in case because the tension was so high in that area that something was out there to get us. And it wasn't them. It was something else. It, it just freaked us right out. We've kind of figured out that they don't necessarily travel alone, that they could have help from uh, E.T. or somewhere else. So, uh, of course, I'm sure, you know, the the uh, ERG team and the Enigma are the uh, (laughs) I'm flustered. The team uh, found a uh, portal, you know, in the middle of a field in Alabama. So, you know, and, and there were scripted sightings around it as well. Well, this area where we are, uh, a couple weeks before that incident where we didn't feel very comfortable, we actually had a night where we saw two UFOs. And one manifested right in front of us. You know, oh, wow. it was still away in the sky, a ways in the sky, but like it manifested right in front of us. And the funny part about it is the bottom two lights came on and then the top one came, uh, lit up to make a triangle. And the second I started pulling my phone out of my pocket to take a picture, these two blanked out and this one, fa- the top one faded away. It, it was like, wow. it was like it knew that I was going to take a picture and it was like, Hey sucker, you ain't getting this one. <laughs> You're not getting this one from us. Just, you know, shake my fist at it. I mean, what else could you do? <laughs> Get off my lawn. Pretty yeah, much. exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. For you, though, the the close as we got about five minutes to go before we go to break here at the bottom of the hour, the close encounters that you have had personally, tell our audience what that feels like to be that close to one of these creatures. Um, It feels surreal. It almost, when you're looking back at it, it's almost like you're in a, 
I don't want to say a cloudy dream because it seems like everything speeds up your, you know, your fight or flight system kicks in and you're thinking, do I run to a fight? What do I do? And you try, as long as it's not aggressive, which like I said, I haven't had an aggressive experience. Um, you don't get a bad feeling at that point, but most of the time they will just kind of go about their business if, unless they want to mess with you. I mean, we've had, like I said, we've had rocks thrown at us and stuff like that. And I don't, I can't, you were talking about the feeling way it felt going in. If there is a feeling and I can't, you know, it's our spidey sense, our, you know, it makes our, our little hair stand up. It's our gut feeling that something's just not right. Uh, when you start to get that, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the feeling of just get away. It's like, it's almost pushing you away. Right. Right. I mean, it, it, it is an incredible feeling. Do you, let me rephrase that. For a lot of people out there who have experiences, myself included, it's very hard the first time to comprehend that your eyes are seeing and your brain is not comprehending what your eyes are seeing. Were you like that as well? We were. Um, And we actually, the three of us came home and we sat down and hand wrote out and typed out it. Um, what we saw and even, you know, like two or three days later, we went over our notes. Each of us saw something different. I was the only one to see the eyes and teeth. You know, another one said uh, it looked like it was just coated in fur and swamp water and just a big matted mess. And, you know, the other one was like, it looks so much wider and broader than we were thinking. I thought it was a little more lean and tall. And so it was, it was amazing. Just the three of us being the same time, same place. Um, the different perception we had. And as we've gotten older, it's funny how we've, you know, we've often we'll talk about it now amongst ourselves. And uh, we're like, you know, I remember this, I remember this. And there it's like, I don't remember that. And we all say that it occurred. The whole thing was over in less than five minutes, but it felt like 30. This episode is brought to you by the Oscars. Hollywood's biggest night is almost here. Tune in Sunday, March 12th to celebrate the best movies of the year at the 95th Oscars hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. Who will take home the gold? Watch Sunday, March 12th on ABC. To find out how to watch wherever you are, go to Oscars.org. Shop hot deals at Academy Sports and Outdoors online only sale. Get up to 50% off great brands at the best prices. And if you find a better price, we'll beat it by 5%. Guaranteed. Visit Academy.com. Deals end March 8th. Exclusions and restrictions apply. See Academy.com slash disclaimers for details. Absolutely. It's amazing how quickly it absolutely happens. Now, you mentioned that you didn't feel much fear for it, okay? Uh, it wasn't giving you that that whole uh, that whole symptom of, of, you know, a fight or flight, like many people have had with, say, Dogman or even Sasquatch in certain areas of Florida and in the, in the boggy areas going all the way over to New Orleans, you know, but for you... Do you, do you think this creature is aggressive towards us or just maybe scares us to get us away from, from itself? I think that uh, they basically scare us to get away from them. But I also feel like there's probably like any other, I'm going to say animal, um, you know, if it's time for it to eat or you're invading its territory when it's hunting or something, they can let you know in a real pronounced way that you're not wanted, that you need to leave. Um, now, as far as the dog man, I've never seen one in person. I've seen some great pictures, but I've never actually seen one. Uh, those, in my opinion, are much more aggressive 
than the, the regular what you call squatch. And I also think here on the East Coast, our squatch may be different on the West Coast. And I'm not sure how that's possible, but I think that somehow they're bigger, taller or something out there. Right. See, now I got to give you the warning because you've squatched twice. Gotta give oh, you, I'm I, sorry. I got to give you the warning because uh, okay. yeah, we don't squatch around here. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. You know, to be fair. Uh, a number of years ago, before uh, before he passed, I met up with Dr. John Bindernagel, a legendary researcher. Everybody knows him, and I and I had this conversation with him because he was eager to hear my story of my encounter that I told you about the two. And in that conversation, I said to him, "So, what do you think of this word squatch that's out there?" I said, "It's driving me nuts." And he took a deep breath. And he sighed and he said, 70 years of research flushed down the toilet by one stupid word. And ever since then, I banned that term from my show. Banned it. Gone. Throw a shoe at it. You know, (laughs) you know, but so I I give I give Sasquatch researchers a tough time because it's all a lot of fun. But I give it I give give it a tough time. It's what I do. You know, I kind of feel the same way about the word monster. Me too. Let's talk some monsters. No, I'm teasing. Let's talk some Sasquatch when we return on Spaced Out Radio. A great guest tonight, Glenn Jackson, researcher out of the beautiful state of Georgia. We'll be right back with Spaced Out Radio, second half hour, right after this. Yeah, Bindernagel was, uh, we got about five minutes here, and our YouTube audience and, and podcast audience can still hear us. But Bindernagel was, uh, you know, just watching the pain in his face, how how he had tried so hard to bring legitimacy to this research. And then you have the BFRO team and Bobo running around the field, you know, where, you know, a crew a crewman, you know, coughs in the background. Oh, that's a squatch. Let's go squatching and and everything and and uh, you know it just it, John's scientific friends would bug him and call him up after a, watching a, a, an episode of that they would say really this is what you're into this is what it's all about <laughs> you know and he he it really put him on the defensive so I can see that. yeah yeah it boils everything done down to. A reality TV show, you know, that does kind of, is kind of a demeaning way. So yeah, I get that. Absolutely, it's funny. My son moved to Vermont, and uh, he bought a nice house on a corner lot with woods behind it. And that's that is our term back and forth. Is oh, it looks squatchy because you know, as a as a kid, he grew up watching that. So you know, now it's that's our, our term. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have I have also found too, not all of them. Not all of them, but the majority, it, it, it's like you look for little, how can I put this? When I'm looking for whether or not a group takes things seriously or doing things the right way, there's little triggers that I notice. So, for instance, if I look at a paranormal team on their website, and if they've got the team skeptic who always is posing with his arms <laughs> crossed and on an angle like this, I know they're full of shit. I also know they're full of crap if they are are doing scientific experimentation because 99% of them haven't done anything science since high school. 
So yeah, if that's right. on their website, I know to stay away from that team. And it's the same thing with I look at a lot of these people who squatch. That just tells me that you're running around the forest. The majority of you are running around this, uh, running around the forest as weekend warriors, much like I am, and just trying to have an encounter. You're not doing anything to further the the actual science of proving or disproving <laughs> the creature. So it's little exactly. triggers. I got you. Yeah, that's the nice thing about our team. We're all made up of uh, you know uh, public safety or people who work within the government. Uh, we're all pretty much in some professional organization, and uh, we have, you know, we like we're given a class on weekends to be in the woods. We met at a um, like a little uh, like clubhouse that we rented out for a weekend, and um, you know, we had classes like self defense, how to uh, get evidence, how to gather evidence. We, you know, police officer detective actually taught us the class. You know, of course, I did the first aid and the safety and stuff like that. So. That's kind of the nice thing about our team is we take it a little bit more seriously. We have a protocol and the thing we go out, we have goals. We want to do this. We want to look at this one area. We want to do this, you know, and we (laughs) absolutely no trail cams. So we have, uh, we have a good time, but we have kind of a mission. We have an objective when we go out. Yeah. Are you part of Jessica's team? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. I thought so. I, I, I wasn't sure. I thought so. If you've read Trey Hudson's book um, uh-huh. in the Meadow, the Meadow Project, yeah, I'm chapter thirteen. Oh, <laughs> I'm the one that had the experience with the woman 13. in black. Hey, uh, Jessica's in the chat room right now. Hey, Jess, you could have warned him about the squatch thing. Just saying, <laughs> I'm blaming you on that one, my dear. I, uh, I can tell she's right now probably in her pajamas with her curlers in her hair. I know, Dave. I know. <laughs> my bad. But I got camouflaged pajamas on yeah i i i could feel it right now i could totally feel uh, it right now. Hey, even with her curlers up in her muumu in her slippers she's oh, still just a wonderful human oh being. yeah <laughs> i will guarantee you that jessica would have no problem going out in the forest with hair curlers in in order to go look for sasquatch i so, uh, have no doubt and she's fearless <laughs> yes yes i know yeah if uh, if I get in trouble, I run behind Jessica. <laughs> Protect me, Jessica. <laughs> mm. Yes, I, I don't blame you on that one. I don't blame you on that one whatsoever. We got about thirty seconds here. Big thank you to Simon and to Louie for the super chats tonight. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. I will be in San Francisco in two weeks' time for UFO Con twenty twenty three. Go to ufocon twenty twenty three dot com to get your tickets. And don't forget about our Las Vegas event, second annual spaced out radio fan party at the Golden Nugget, May nineteenth through twenty first. Go to info at spacedoutradio.com. Reserve your tickets today. Here we go. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate you tuning us on in. Wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth, 
want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go, second half hour with our great guest tonight, Glenn Jackson. He's a researcher out of the beautiful state of Georgia, searching for Sasquatch and everything else that's paranormal. You know, I have heard Jessica Jones' version of the portal that you okay. that your team caught in in the in the forest one day mm-hmm. and i'm a big fan of portals i think uh, i think these portals come and go absolutely everywhere i think that a lot of the missing 411 cases are people walking into portals not even knowing it nothing's changed on the mm-hmm. other side but on this side they're gone and they're gone for good yeah what's your thoughts on portals um, well, my first experience with one was, uh, well, let me back up. My only experience with one, um, was that night that we first saw it, you know, that was the same night that we had one of our team members that basically jettisoned across the football field and the man is in his late sixties. Uh, so that wasn't possible. I mean, he literally moved in a straight line across on the video that I saw and two people saw it through their thermals at the same time. So there was a lot of craziness that went on. Um, when the thing was first discovered uh, in the field, um, the guys that were on it, they were they couldn't figure out what it was because it was a cold black spot that just appeared, you know. And so they were on the. Uh, I was at base camp that night. I'm I was base camp martyr, uh, holding down, you know, just basically doing. Uh, the normal paramedic stuff, keeping the stuff safe and everything. And I'm also into ham radio and radio stuff. So I was radio operator that night. Um, when it started getting crazy out there and weird things started happening is when I had the experience with the, you know, the woman in black. So I'm listening to them on the radio, trying to describe to each other because they each had a different view of it. Um, and then I'm dealing with this person out of nowhere uh, that appears in the middle of the woods. So <laughs> my first experience with it didn't necessarily, it was the video that I saw later that I was like, Oh wow. But the stuff that went around it, I think was, I don't want to say cooler, but uh, <laughs> it was, it was pretty intense. Explain the lady in black. What did she look like? Um, she looked like, um, your average businesswoman. Um, she didn't have any unique features. Uh, and that was the craziest part here. It's, I don't know, it's midnight. It's late. We're in the middle of the woods in Alabama, in the middle of Alabama. Uh, we hadn't advertised on any website or social media where we're going to be and, you know, come out, meet us, shake hands or anything. You know, so no one knew we were there. And um, this car drives up to the uh, parking area near where we are and turns around and it circles back a second time. And uh, this woman, just your average Caucasian uh, obtuse lady dressed in business suit, uh, complete with business shoes and fl- or not flats. They were slight heels. Um, and it's cold out. And she screams out of the car window because her son, who is less than, I don't know. He was like, just he had just gotten his license that day. However old you have to be for that was sixteen, I guess. 
uh, is driving and she screams out, you're the Bigfoot researcher. Now I'm there with one other person in the base camp by myself and they're on the radio and stuff starting to go down. And so she circles back around and she gets out and she comes up to me and she's holding a can of beer and talking to me like, I know you. And, you know, I didn't know anyone in Alabama, um, much less, you know, anybody that would be showing up in the woods at that hour of the night. And it's like I said, it's cold and she's in slacks and a blouse with a, like a jacket, you know, a dress jacket and not like they're not high heel shoes, but they got a little bit of a wedge on them, you know? And I'm thinking, what is this? You know, what is she doing? It's not forest attire. She started that. What's that? It's not forest attire. No, absolutely not. Oh, it, it was definitely business attire. And, uh, she kept saying, I know you, you all are one. And I was like trying to just, you know, be, casual about it and be like, ah, nothing's going on here. Just a couple people camping, you know? And, uh, she goes, no, they're on the radio. I can hear them. And I'm like, um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And so the weirdest part about that whole, well, the whole thing was weird, but she kept insisting she knew me. And then she said my last name. Yeah. You're Glenn Jackson. And I'm not wearing a name tag. I'm not in uniform. I don't even work in uniform in that state. So, <laughs> yeah. And then she said, well, my name last name's the same as yours. And I'm like, okay, that's it out the window. I'm just shot at this point. I have no idea. I'm trying to evade them and they're trying to describe what's going on the radio. And they're trying to have me keep a log of where they are in case somebody goes missing. And then she's over every, if I would take two steps to the right, she'd be like right on top. What's going on? Can I hear? And I'm like, just, Give me a minute. <laughs> so, yeah, it was the craziest thing, and it didn't end. I finally, you know, they were going crazy out in the field. I shouldn't say crazy. They were they were talking and chattering and trying to talk, and I was trying to write and, you know, stay away from her at the same time. And um, I'm telling our team leader, I'm like, uh, <laughs> something's going on up here too, guys. <laughs> Can't really talk about it. And uh, I was like, so when you get a minute, somebody come visit me. <laughs> so, uh <laughs> When the it the, she stayed through the whole event, uh, managed to finish a six pack of Tall Boys Bud Lights uh, while she was there. I mean, killed them. I mean, like college girl killed them, just nailed them, and uh, so and kept a straight face and kept trying to talk to me the whole time. When the team leader come back, I was finally like, oh, thank God! And I'm like, hey, meet my friend. I don't know where she came from, and um, the team leader Trey, he was, you know, they were all kind of in a I don't know the proper word. Just they were kind of in like a, a little bit of a, a daze from what they had been witnessing, and they uh, he's like, "Well, just give us a few minutes." So he decided. He said, "Well, I got to get rid of her before um, you know I can debrief the team. We can go over the radio stuff, and you know, of course, everything that she had said to me was recorded because I keep a you know microphone on there at the base camp, and so it was like." If anything happens, you know, you at least you know where they are. But um, so he goes and he starts talking to her. She explains to him that, oh, well, you're a psychologist. I'm a psychologist. You had Professor X. I had Professor X. You went there in 82. And I'm just throwing out numbers. I don't It could have been earlier or later. But it, it was like she knew everything about us without us even knowing who she was. That is scary. It was very scary. Like I said, she knew my last name. 
Never met her. She knew, well, she knew my first name. The first name I was like, yeah, okay, because you always have people call you by your name or whatever. But when she said Jackson, I was like, well, it's common, but I don't, I don't even have any relatives in Alabama. How do you think she knew all about your team? I have no idea. I really don't. And she kept describing this thing. I want to say she was calling it Pookie Bear. It was something bear, and she wanted us to go. She wanted our whole team in the middle of the night because it's now 2 a.m. And I did left out the whole part where she decided she was just going to go to the edge of base camp and just pop a squat. I mean, literally right there in front of all of us. Uh, <laughs> so there was no modesty. There was a, she was out of character. She was, I mean, what female would do that? But at any rate, she wanted us to go to a uh, fire road that was a quarter mile further into the woods and then hike down a trail with her in this attire at that time of night, and she would take us to where they lived. And she just, it was like a siren song. You need to come with me. Come on, you, you got to go. I know they're there right now. Come on. You've already seen that they're here. Come on, let's go. You got to go. Monkey bears, that's right, I think. So, yeah, it was it was crazy how she just kept trying. At that point, you know, we had several people who were, you know, paramilitary operators in the team who were like, yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, they're thinking, you know, like kill boxers. They've got an even worse picture than I have in my head. Who I'm already shaken up from this whole experience. Do you think that she maybe had radios that was picking up your signals? Like you could pick up other CB channels or something along those lines. And that's how maybe she had been monitoring you guys. Or do you think there was something a little more nefarious about this? That's kind of a possibility, and we weighed that. But, um, you know, we use a different – we don't use, like, the family radio system. or We don't even actually tactically use a ham radio frequency uh, when we're talking about some things. So, Because everyone in our team is a ham radio operator. That was kind of one of the requirements. Um, so it's possible, but even had that happened, there was more than one frequency in use. But we never give out names over the radio. Okay, so the fact that what was the temperature like when you said she wasn't dressed for the occasion? It wasn't um, well here in the south. We don't have the frigid winters, but it wasn't uh, warm enough for her attire. It was you know I was in you know I was in jeans and a jacket and you know probably had a skull cap on or something. So I mean it, it wasn't cold, but at the same time it wasn't you know. F- freezing snow like you would imagine further south or north of us but it was definitely you know polyester you know knee high <laughs> i can tell you this they were knee high stockings and you know work shoes and you know a silk blouse and yeah definitely definitely and maybe the alcohol kept her warmer but it certainly uh was she, wouldn't have me was she intoxicated in your opinion in my medical opinion, she had been, well, she drank a six-pack while we were there. So, yeah, she was intoxicated, yeah. She was under some kind of, I mean, obviously, I saw the beer, so I can say the alcohol, but she was under the effect of something. She had that glassed-over, glossy, dilated eye look. Now, a lot of these areas of the forest, I mean, we have it up here, and especially down in the south, there are a lot of feral people out there 
who keep an eye on the woods, who hide things in the woods, whether it's speakers or microphones or trail cameras or whatever it may be. Do you think that maybe since you guys have been working that area for a while that they had been working you guys? Um, you know, we hadn't encountered one guy like that, but, um, he was very recluse. Uh, he stayed to himself. And the only time he even came out of, he had this massive dome like tent set up that he would come out would be to long enough to light a fire, boil his water. And then he would go back in and at night he might go out and roam around a little bit, but that's the only time we've had an adventure with anyone besides for, you know, just your normal Appalachian trail hiker that's coming through, but, um, or during the summer, you may get kids out there. So, but yeah. Do you think she was a government plant? Well, like I said, we have members of our, uh, team that work in all kinds of fields. This episode is brought to you by the Oscars. Hollywood's biggest night is almost here. Tune in Sunday, March 12th to celebrate the best movies of the year at the 95th Oscars hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. Who will take home the gold? Watch Sunday, March 12th on ABC. To find out how to watch wherever you are, go to Oscars.org. Discover how DOD is pushing cloud to the tactical edge. Join Federal News Network March 21st through March 23rd for our third annual DOD Cloud Exchange. I'm Tom Temin. My colleagues and I will be talking to technology leaders across the Defense Department, intelligence community, and the armed services to understand and share how DOD is advancing cloud for tactical demands. On day one, we'll kick off with DOD's Deputy CIO for Information Enterprise, Lily Zalecki. Register now at federalnewsnetwork.com. And the person is, in fact, a real live human being that has a profession uh, similar to what our team leader does. Trey can probably go more in depth into it, but it's my understanding that um, someone from uh, another uh, team in, I want to say, UK, contacted him that went to school with him and said, I can put you in touch with that person. I think I know them. And the other party didn't want the the lady didn't want to talk to us ever. So she was there for Trey. I would say so. Yeah, I just happened to have the same last name as her, though. So. Which I guess is an odd. Oddity. Well, she must have seen <laughs> your pictures in or with names on it in order to. Like, I don't know if it's on the web's team website or whatever, but she must have seen pictures in order to know, hey, you're Glenn Jackson with that beautiful handlebar mustache. <laughs> don't know if I was sporting it then, but. Uh, well, let's just pretend you were at that point. Yeah, it's, it's possible. Uh, you know, the fireman. Um, I don't think that we had any pictures, and I still don't think we actually have any pictures posted. Um, so I don't. I mean, besides for our own personal social media, but you'd have to stalk all of us. Well, let's let's go back to the original point of the of the topic, which was this portal. <laughs> okay, and this portal is is what? What did it look like? Take us through the evening. Um. Well, like I said, it started off with uh, that night we had the one team member who went basically picture the end zone of a football field. Uh, went from one end of it to the other in one seamless motion, didn't stop. And he's like, no, that didn't happen. So he didn't recall it. So that occurred. And um, then 
at the same time, we had uh, what we thought was coon hunters out in the field, but we could never find a um, truck or people, dogs. You could only hear noises. Uh, and then there was kind of like a uh, little gathering of deer in the middle of the field that sort of appeared there. And then when the portal appeared, they weren't there, but no one actually heard them leave. So, and we had teams kind of set up in a triangular position, one north, south, and one kind of to the west of it, so that they could get a good view of anything. Hmm. Okay. And what, you know, what were they seeing? Like, how did this all come about? Um. Well, we had been scanning the area, and we'd had some activity, and the area has been very productive. And like we originally been just to kind of, you know, put it in a box, went out looking for, you know, the monkey in the woods, so to speak. And we discovered that there were other things out there with us. And so that's what kind of turned us a little bit to, okay, we're going to research this while we're already here. We're having fun. Let's do it. Um, so they were basically um, observers with one roaming uh, member that would go, basically from team to team and kind of across the field and check things out. And um, that's how they saw it. Initially it started forming and they were like, okay, the deer's over there to the left. And the other one's like, yeah, see the deer. Okay. The deer are gone. Okay. Now I got a cold spot. Okay. What is that? And to hear him on the radio was quite different than, you know, they were describing, uh, one of them had said at one point in time, it almost looks like a pyramid. Another one said that it looked kind of like a cube. And another one said, I can't tell what it is, but it's it's not there. <laughs> so it, to hear each person's I, I had the I had to picture it through their eyes until I saw it. Uh, so that was kind of fun for me because I'm thinking everything from uh, what is it? The land of the lost with the diamonds and the dinosaurs and stuff. And that, uh, to, you know, the actual box that you think of like an energon cube, you know? So I'm like, what are they seeing? <laughs> yeah, I'm a comic book geek in case you hadn't figured it out. So. <laughs> no, that works for me. That works for me. But one, of you, one or two of the members actually decided to be brave and step into this thing. Um, well, I don't know that they were brave and decided to step into it or they stumbled into it, but yeah, two members of the team, because at that point they, they decided that we're going to stay in teams. Uh, I lost radio contact with them and they described it as they went into nothing. It was a muted sound. It was all black around them. Um, there were suddenly the briars that were there weren't there and it was just a dark and, picture basically what they described as a void really yeah they said it was they said and they knew they knew they knew because they could hear me and of course everybody on the teams talking and suddenly you know dead silent and even if they would say something to the other one it was almost like you had to scream like i'm yelling at you from here in georgia to you know canada you know it's like i'm screaming just to somebody right beside you they said it was it was a completely it threw your uh, senses off it made you um disoriented wow or made them disoriented wow yeah ironically enough i don't know if there's any coincidence to this but um that one team member has uh passed away since then and the other one has uh had cancer come back and he was cured of cancer prior to that don't know that there's any coincidence to that or not but 
I kind of I throw my hands up in the air on that one. Medically, I want to question things, you know, the paramedic in me. So that is absolutely unbelievable. You know, the the void that they saw or experienced was there any sound? Was there any buzzing? Was you know, could they see anything? Was it black or gray or or just a void? Yeah, the one guy told me when he stepped into it. It was almost as if they disappeared. He said, because you lost, you lost, you couldn't see anything. It was all pitch black. It was a muffled noise that was, even if they had the capability of screaming at somebody beside them, they, they, it would be work for them to hear. So they were using hand signals. So he described it as just a disoriented, and I would say more of a rumble than any type of thing. And that's because of the way he described it is just a feeling and just complete disorientation with this. But they could see each other within this void. Yes. And but how- the briars had disappeared. The deer had disappeared. Everything else. It was all pitch black. So their lights were even pointless. It wouldn't even get out in front of them hardly. To use a movie term without the weird snake type thing, it's almost like Beetlejuice when they opened up the door to the void and it was just sand. Yeah. Yeah. That, the one said it was almost as if we just disappeared. And that's literally what they did on to the other teams is they just disappeared. And it, he, he said, I felt like I disappeared. And that was one of the team members. That was one of the things he told me that night. He said, I felt like I disappeared. He said, I felt like when I walked into it, I disappeared, that I couldn't see or feel myself. And they knew we got to get out of here. <laughs> How did they know where to go back to? Um, Basically, um, they kind of followed. There's. It's just uh, we when well, the fire service we always say you're going to follow your hose out of the building to get out of the burning building. They kind of did the same thing with you know basically retracing their steps. Their hand signals was all that would work between the two of them standing side by side, and basically they backed themselves out of it. They came out of it backwards actually. They couldn't feel anything to their side, see anything in front of them, and they're in the middle of a field. Well, it's not really a field, but you know, it's a treeless area. It's got you know shrubbery, brush, briars, that type of thing. But it's not. It's not like a football field. Not that kind of field. Right. That's just. I couldn't imagine what that felt like. So, their feeling. What was going through their minds as they were in this place? Did they feel like they had died? Did they feel like they had gone to a purgatory type place? No. Um. The one that I talked to the most about it. He literally said, I felt like everything was gone. He said, I felt like I just disappeared. It, it was, uh, the, he said it was the weirdest thing. He said, I felt like when I took that step over and I knew, and he had military training, he said, I knew at that point something was much different. And by the third step in, because I don't think they, in their, in their opinion, they got more than five steps in and said that literally felt like it was just, he was hollow. He had disappeared, almost like his entire being was gone. And to you know to hear him put it, it, it was unnerving. He said, "In that it was just they couldn't see the sky, they couldn't see trees, they couldn't the radios didn't work. It was they had trouble talking to each other. It was they were disoriented, and 
So they wanted, they wanted out of there. And basically they pretty much just followed the old landmine trip. I stepped here, I stepped here, I stepped here to get out of there. Wow. So with about, you know what? I got so many questions about this. We're going to have to continue this in our number two of spaced out radios. We only got about 20 seconds here before we got to go to break. This just freaks me out in an awesome, awesome way. And it really makes me wonder if there is this portal to this different dimension where there's a bunch of humans just walking around now trying to find an exit point. Or was it something alien? We don't know. Researcher Glenn Jackson is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Looking for Sasquatch paranormal activity down in the beautiful state of Georgia. We're going to get more into portals and Sasquatch when we return on Spaced Out Radio. Stay tuned. This has been an awesome show so far. We're going to continue it right after this. All right. We are clear. All right. Yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, like I said, you know, I hate to say that we went out looking for the monkey in the woods, so to speak, and we found ET. But we've run into that in so many other instances. We've had things just kind of happen and go, well, how is that possible? And the whole portal was nuts. And my view of it was through their eyes of them talking on the radio. And these are professional people. You know, yeah. they were on the radio talking. You know, they weren't like save screaming, that. oh, my God, I see it. S- save that for when we come back. I'm going to put you back okay. in the green room here uh, for a couple okay. of minutes. I'm just going to take a quick break here. I will be right back, okay? Okay. All right. We'll be right back. This, this is getting awesome. This is getting phenomenal. I'll be right back.
right, I am back. Let's have Glenn back in here. Amy, thank you so much for that wonderful super chat. Very much appreciate your love and support of Spaced Out Radio, along with Louie Times Two and Simon. Thank you so, so much for the love. I want to remind all of you guys that I will be at UFOCon 2023 in San Francisco. I'd love for anybody in the area, or if you feel like you need to travel, to come join us. Go get your tickets at UFOCon2023.com, or you could get them at the door. And it's easier if you go online and get them. And there's going to be a great speakers there. A lot of guests that have been on this show, including Science Bob, Melinda Leslie, Sev Talk, and many, many others. And then, of course, if you haven't signed up for our Vegas party yet, we want you to do that. Come join us in Las Vegas, May 19th through 21st. The Cryptid Huntress is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Our entire team is going to be there. And it's going to be absolutely wonderful. we got a bunch of special guests coming uh, to hang out with you as well. And uh, we'd love to see you all there. Tickets are, if you check the ticker down below, tickets are 60 bucks. Or if you want a VIP package, which has swag bags, a private party, uh, they're 100 So come join us. Here we go with our two. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Lacustrine. Lacustrine is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as a clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Let's continue on with our guest tonight. His name is Glenn Jackson. He is a researcher out of Georgia, part of the Cryptid Huntresses team, Jessica Jones, who hosts Off the Trails on our weekend show on our YouTube channel. Glenn, it is so great to chat with you about this this incident regarding a portal that your team went through. And here you are on the radio side of everything. They're experiencing this in the forest and you're back at base camp, and this strange lady who you've never met before comes up, knows your name, knows the entire team's name. You've never seen her before. She's dressed out of the ordinary, like she's just coming back from work. I mean, this is absolutely high strangeness, as we call it. I mean... As this is going on, you're listening in the radio. You're trying to have a conversation with her, wondering how the hell she knows your name. What is going on here, man? <laughs> it was controlled chaos. Um, they had uh, started chattering, and I try not to inter- interfere too much on the radio because it's all recorded, so if we miss something, we can go back to it. But 
it's best to let them talk because they're on the ground and can see it. So in my mind, I'm trying to paint the picture that they're describing. And I'm also trying to fend off this odd lady in the middle of the woods in the middle of the night. And so it, it was, it was very, uh, it was, it was frustrating. It was sometimes a laughable moment because she would say something so odd that just didn't fit in. You had had to just laugh to yourself about it. And I'm trying to still be professional and be like, um, well, you know, yeah, we're out here in the woods and I got some people on the radio, but she had already known that. And, um, yeah, she had said that her son had gotten his driver's license that day. So she was letting him drive in the woods. And, um, what was funny was he totally isolated himself. I, I would assume out of embarrassment maybe, but, and was always on the opposite side of her. In other words, he was away from her. He was never like right up on her. Like you picture, okay, mom, come on. You've had too much to drink. We got to go leave these people alone. He was just the opposite. He was trying to get to the other person and try and just sit there and observe. He was like, he was like a little sponge. Um, and he was dressed just as you would picture a school age teenager to be dressed. This episode is brought to you by the Oscars. Hollywood's biggest night is almost here. Tune in Sunday, March 12th to celebrate the best movies of the year at the 95th Oscars hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. Who will take home the gold? Watch Sunday, March 12th on ABC. To find out how to watch wherever you are, go to Oscars.org. The post-workout glow at Planet Fitness doesn't just feel great. It feels 80s pump-up jam great. Because when you got the glow, there is no stopping what you want to do. And now when you become a PF Black Card member, your glow can be even greater with a free Amazon Halo Fitness Tracker. Get the glow. Sign up for the PF Black Card for $1 down and just $24.99 a month. Bring a friend, enjoy massage chairs, and get a free Amazon Halo View. Deal ends March 15th. 12 month commitment applies. See Home Club for details. You know, nothing out of the ordinary, just, you know, jeans, t shirt, sneakers. And so, and she had a phenomenal way of drinking the beer. So <laughs> it was a very odd experience. Oh, man. I just, I, she, I can't imagine. She wasn't a college-age woman, so she had, yeah, she was killing the beers like she was a college girl, you know? Did she give, yeah. off, did she give off any tips or anything to who she was, what she was all about? Because I can just imagine the difficulty. You're hearing all of this on your headsets of what's going on in the forest with this portal, and out of all times to be annoyed by someone, a complete stranger, that it's the worst time possible. Sure. Yeah. She. Oh, no. She was quite open about, you know, I'm – such and such, and I know what you're doing. I've grown up here. I know the, I know the bears. I know the, the monkey bears that you're looking for. Uh, they're friendly. Don't hurt them, which we never have any intention of hurting them. Um, so, yeah, she was definitely um, not hiding that she was a local. I mean, you know, she's set out. This is my area. I grew up in the woods here. I know all these woods, and I can take you right to them. You don't need to be out there digging around looking and Mm. Yeah. Question from Susie. Sure. What do you mean by she, this lady, this stranger, was obtuse? Um, she was uh she was average is the best way to put. She was uh you know, maybe five five, five two. Um she was a little heavy, uh Caucasian, pale. Um 
I seem to recall that she had uh, um, kind of reddish color hair. Um, there was nothing. If she was walking down the streets of New York City, she would blend in perfectly as just your average Joe American. But in the middle of the woods, she stuck out like a sore thumb. So there was nothing about her that was trying to think the best way of putting it. That would, you know, she wasn't wearing an orange T t shirt for the Tennessee Volunteers being in Alabama. She wasn't doing anything to stand out in that way. But in the other way, she was totally out of her environment. Right. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, I, I understand that. So the other question I have is, what is going on in your headset while she is talking to you? Because you're trying to pay attention for the safety of your team. Sure. Yeah. Um, they're each giving a description of what they're seeing, uh, relaying it to the other persons uh, out in the field. And at the same time, like I said, they're not freaking out, but they're kind of excited. You can tell by the tone of their voice that something big out of the ordinary was going on. It was just their tone. Um, and from having worked the radio for so many times, I could, I could sense their urgency and they were like, okay, well, you need to go over there. Where did they go? They were just there. You know, and, and now that's really got me trying to listen. And, uh, they were just right there where the deer was. They're in that box. Do you see them? <laughs> and then, you know, the other team was like, no, I do not see them. And so they were at that point, they got up and they were all kind of converging to go down there and see what happened to the two that you know, stumbled upon this. And it was, they had been giving them directions to it. You know, go to, go to the West, uh, 20 feet, go this way. There are, it's straight ahead, dead straight ahead. And, um, so they had been trying to guide them to it so they could physically see it or get any feeling around it. But when they stumbled literally into it and disappeared was when everybody kind of started freaking out. And like I said, they weren't screaming and yelling on the radio. They were still professional about it, but, you could tell the energy level had went up and okay, something odd is going on. And um, it was funny because the team leader told me later, he said, um, I didn't realize until you basically said, I've got a visitor. What was going on there? I mean, he hadn't totally ignored me, but he was so busy with what he was seeing. It didn't register with him that I was having an experience that I was quite uncomfortable with at the same time. So <laughs> the two together, he said, it was almost as if I heard you and I thought, okay, I need to do something about that. Where did they go? What do I got to do? He said, it was almost like I put it on a shelf and just kind of forgot about you because I knew you could take care of yourself. What am I going to do? I'm at base camp. <laughs> no, absolutely. And and I can get that and understand that. Now, going on in the forest where two of your team members are in this void trying to figure out what the hell is going on inside this portal. What was happening with the other teammates? How far away were they from the two? Um, like I said, if you picture a football field, um, and they had kind of triangulated this one area, so they were probably less than 100 yards away from them at the time that they stumbled into the portal. And then they started quickly gaining ground when they couldn't get them on the radio. And they thought perhaps, okay, well, maybe the team behind this object could see them. But when they couldn't see them, they said, well, you know, we all kind of started moving in. Uh, it was kind of a unison moving in. And when they came out of the portal and started feeling, that was the thing that uh, one of them said to me. I remember feeling the briars and thinking, oh, thank God, I can feel the briars scratching me again. Um, it disappeared. 
But they never physically, that was the thing that uh, the one told me. So he said, I never saw it. I never heard it. I never felt it. I was just suddenly there. Weird. Okay. So the idea that these two are, are there, they're in this void and they don't know where they are. They've never seen this before. They've never had this experience or trying to feel it. Did when they came out of that, or pardon me, how long were they in there first and foremost? But second of all, when they came out, was there any side effects on them? Um, I don't think they were in there greater than a half a minute because I was trying to timestamp stuff. Uh, and of course, like I said, we later we have things recorded. Uh, so I don't think they were in there longer than a minute. Um, it felt like it because it felt like they were there a great deal of time because of the way that you know, my situation was. And then trying to, you know, I got a clipboard. I'm trying to write stuff down and, you know, what's going on, you know, and my, my hen scratching was getting more chaotic, trying to keep things down. Okay. Team one's here. Team two's there. They're moving here. This is the time they disappeared. This is the time they're back. And then, engage this person in front of me. Hmm. Hmm. No, I, I, I guess, you know, just when they all came back to the main camp, how were these two acting? How were they, you know, did they, did they seem normal? Like you're like just having normal reactions or were they a little bit dazed and confused? Um, I would I would call it they were addled. I mean they were definitely punch drunk in a sense. And I don't know if it could have been from the dopamine or the you know uh, epinephrine flowing with adrenaline that was going through them at the time. But uh, they were a little bit dazed. But um, medically, as a paramedic, um, actually one of the ones was a retired military paramedic that stumbled into it. Um, I didn't see anything medically that made me be alarmed. Um, and they kind of quickly snapped out of it because one of them said, I got to get out of here and um, quickly took a copy of the disc, uh, wrapped it up in a nice little package and took off and got out of there and went, you know, like three hours away with it. So the copies of the video went in three different directions that day or that night. Okay. So he seemed, if, if I'm correct by this, he seemed a little bit spooked, like he had to get the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that was exactly his saying. He said, I had to. I knew as soon as I stepped in there, I felt hollow. It was like I was just sucked out of everything. He said, and I knew we had to back out. He said, I I didn't mean for us to go into it, but as soon as we did, I realized, he said, I could just feel it. And uh, he he said it was so disorienting um, that they literally, footstep for footstep, tried to track their way back out. Holy cow. Holy cow. I just, I couldn't imagine what that is like or what it's all about. I mean, that just, that just seems a lack of a better term, so wrong and so uncomfortable. And, you know, you guys have investigated this area since. Has there been any other sort of portal that has been seen there? To the best of my knowledge, I haven't been with them every time because of my job, but um, we have not had any more portal encounters, at least that I'm aware of. How do you feel about all this? 
<laughs> well, you know, like I said, and I hate to say that we were not looking for the monkey in the woods, but it all started as kind of fun and games, and then it got serious. Um, I mean, this last time they went out in the woods a few weekends ago, they used, um, oh, the, I can't remember the technical name, but basically the God Helmet. Uh, and they were trying some experiments to see if they could either make contact with something or have something manifest something. Uh, so we ne- now we've kind of went from, okay, we're not looking for monkeys or ghosts. We're looking for something different, but we're not sure what. And they, or no, I should say they, we have taken a total different approach to it. And what is that approach? Um, well, our team leader, uh, like I said, he invested and got, and I can't remember the the technical name of it at the moment, but it's the helmet where you put on. They, they call it the God helmet, I believe. And, um, you know, we've tried to do some. When you stay at a Verbo, the host doesn't stay with you. Because a vacation home with a stranger sounds a little bit like a horror movie. Only whole vacation homes. Always private. Book on the Verbo app. The post-workout glow at Planet Fitness doesn't just feel great. It feels 80s pump-up jam great. Because when you got the glow, there is no stopping what you want to do. And now when you become a PF Black Card member, your glow can be even greater with a free Amazon Halo Fitness Tracker. Get the glow. Sign up for the PF Black Card for $1 down and just $24.99 a month. Bring a friend, enjoy massage chairs, and get a free Amazon Halo View. Deal ends March 15th. 12 month commitment applies. See Home Club for details. Uh, techniques uh, like remote viewing or things like that to get back into a zone where we could be or have some kind of contact. So that just adds another piece to this mystery. Uh, Gloria would like to know, did they or any of the teams suffer long-term side effects? Um, well, like I said, one of them, uh, he was uh, a military operator, uh, quite fit, uh, younger than myself. I'm 53. Uh, and he had a massive heart attack and died before the paramedics could get to him. It had no medical problems that I'm aware of as the team medic. I try and keep up with everybody's medical problems. Um, And the other one had been uh, treated and given total uh, cleared of cancer for years and has had uh, cancer resurface and is now having to go through the chemo and the process with it. Do you think those two did? Yes. Do you think this was related to this incident with the portal or a coincidence? Well, I want to say in my heart as a paramedic, I want to tie the two together, especially since the one was so, I, I say young, but that was younger than myself. So I want to say it somehow tied together. And even the other one, um, you know, even for a elderly, I hate to use that term for him, but, for a person of his age, he could outpace me in the woods any day of the week. So that I want to, as a paramedic, put the two dots together. Yes. But you know, what, do we have any conclusive proof? No. What's your opinion? Uh, my opinion is yes, it definitely had some effect on them. Um, you know, this was all uh, pre COVID. And so there was no, 
you know, any, any type of illness or malaise that going around or anything like that. And everybody was fine. <laughs> and that's, I mean, and I hate to say it, it sounds wrong, but I, everybody was fine. And it seemed like after that moment, we all kind of, it all kind of changed. So. All right, let's go to Felipe here. Were there any particular smells around those strange people? Um, as a paramedic, I'm used to strange smells, <laughs> but no, I didn't note any. I mean, it, 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 you always say, well, alcohol doesn't have a smell, but you could tell when a person's been drink, it, it kind of comes out of their body. That kind of s- sweat. Mm. Just a night out on maybe at the local pub for a while. <laughs> yeah. Out in the woods. Oh, goodness. Can at least pick something better than Bud Light. So, <laughs> tell me about it. And, uh, you know, at least it wasn't Coors Light. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, I mean, Amy wants to know. Please share about your cell phone. I'm not sure what this means. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, this was one of our my very first experiences. Uh, uh I was on the top of a ridge. Uh, it was during the day. We weren't really looking for anything more than we were just out scouting the area. And um, I had just gotten a Jeep uh, and I had to top off and was flying down the dirt roads, enjoying it because it was the first time I'd had it out and really been able to have any fun. And I had a, the first thing I noticed was I had this little ball compass. You can buy them at the gas station for like two bucks. It was spinning like crazy. Well, then we noticed our phones were all acting up. Then we were at the top of a mountain, even in the woods. At that point, we should have had signal. Mine totally reset. And I had T-Mobile at the time. Um, and it was one of the first, uh, it was the ones with the keyboard, you know. Uh, so it was, it was a nice phone at the time, but it totally reset. Came back on, finally, uh, the, ba- the battery drained. Um, I had no signal, even though it showed I had signal, but I had no signal. And... It reset. And when I say it reset, it reset. And I wish I had thought to look this up, but to the actual date that the first microchip was made, that date, whatever it was, one, one of 72, whatever that date was, it was, it was old. Um, that was the date my phone reset to. So when I got home, I called T-Mobile. I'm like, Hey, I got it's under warranty. It's brand new. And they're like, okay, well, we'll try the SIM card. Didn't work. I said, okay, you need to come in. The guy looked at it and he put in his card, something up to his computer. And he goes, I have no idea. Um, he actually, uh, T-Mobile replaced it. They took the phone and sent it back to, I want to say it was Samsung. Um, and Samsung called me and asked me how I got it to reset to a date that was before their company even existed. It was on the chip. And I was like, I don't know. I'm not I'm not technically smart. I don't know how that happened. It was we were out in the woods and suddenly my phone went nuts, had a buzzing signal, batteries went dead, charged it up, it reset, and it's one one of seventy-two, and it, the date won't change. It was permanently fried in there. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know what to I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah, that one, that one was really weird. That's also the same area that uh, now that's in that was in north, uh, say be northeast Georgia. Uh, that's the same area when we were out scouting around. We knew there was a, a camp we liked to go to, and my buddy was in the vehicle ahead of me. I stopped at the top of the forest road. He turned down the forest road. The campsite was by a creek, kind of at the bottom of the hill, and curved a little bit. 
And if it was open, he was going to call back on the radio and tell me it was open and I could come down. He called me on the radio and instead of me turning down the fire road, which I thought I had almost an hour later, I'm somewhere totally else. And I'm trying, my GPS was not working correctly. So I'm trying to figure out where I'm going. I'm looking on the map. And I finally, I just had to think, okay, I know I went too far. Something's wrong. This is only just down the road. And I literally was gone an hour um, when I should have just turned right and the base camp would have been at the bottom of the hill in the creek. <laughs> Did you have missing time? Yeah, because I was disoriented and I was like, I didn't, I, oh, they're going to be right here. Because I thought I turned, but I stayed on the main road and kept going for 30 minutes until I got oriented enough to like, what am I doing? It should have been right there. And I'm trying to call them on the radio and they could hear me, but I couldn't hear them, which, you know, I was in a mobile, so that's possible. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very disorienting. It was creepy. And um, that was also the same time. I had one of those old uh, Garmin GPSs um, that used to keep up with, you know, you put in your miles, like you started with 20,000, the next fill up you had 20,200 or whatever, you know, uh, you would put that in and it would tell you your miles per gallon and stuff. Cause like I said, I hadn't had the Jeep long and it also told you not only the distance you traveled, your average speed, how long you were stopped. It told you your maximum speed and it said my Jeep, not granted when it was brand new, I had that sucker up and going, but I never got it up to 200 miles an hour. It said my Jeep had went 200 miles an hour. <laughs> Sounds like you got some aliens, my friend. Yeah, that's, that's what we kind of come to, uh, Come to accept. Have you had? It was. Go ahead. You know what? I got to hold on on this because we do have to go to break here at the bottom of the hour for Glenn Jackson, researcher, experiencer. Did he have some aliens in the middle of the forest in Georgia? We're going to find out when we return. Missing time scares me. I'm not going to lie. It freaks me out a little bit. Maybe it does you too. We'll be back with more Spaced Out Radio and our guest, Glenn Jackson, right after this. All right, we are clear. All right. I'm sure one of our fans could probably Google it real quick and tell us. It was the date of the very first uh, microchip was what it reset to. Because my cousin's a techie, and he he was like, "Well, I know that date from school when we were studying computers. That's like a prominent date." <laughs> that just it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Yeah, that one did. That one kind of threw me off. And like I said, they called me and they were like, "How did you do this? You know, you you shouldn't even be able to hook up to this part of the computer." Um, my cousin now works uh, in a high tech field, and he's like, "Those chips are like one way." I want to hang out with you, man. You got that? If you got that kind of woo going on, I want to hang out with you. I, you know, I think that once you've made yourself aware of something, oh, that- I agree. You're kind of a gateway to it, you know. It's like they know he they know he likes odd and freaky. You know, I've seen stuff in the field that's odd and freaky, but being out in the woods, I've seen stuff too. So, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. You know, 
I've had a lot of strange things happen in my life, especially over the last 10, 11 years. And the whole time thing, missing time thing, that scares me. I don't know if I am ready for something along those lines. I really don't know. And well, you don't. I don't know that you do know when you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, man, I, I've walked into it. I've, uh, I've had, uh, you know, a lot of strange things. Okay. I, I've witnessed a UFO landing. I've seen aliens face to face. I've wow. seen Sasquatch. The post-workout glow at Planet Fitness doesn't just feel great. It feels 80s pump-up jam great. Because when you got the glow, there is no stopping what you want to do. And now when you become a PF Black Card member, your glow can be even greater with a free Amazon Halo Fitness Tracker. Get the glow, glow. Sign up for the PF Black Card for $1 down and just $24.99 a month. Bring a friend, enjoy massage chairs, and get a free Amazon Halo View. Deal ends March 15th. 12-month commitment applies. See Home Club for details. Sign up for the Planet Fitness Black Card for $1 down, $24.99 a month, and get a free Amazon Halo Fitness Tracker. Deal ends March 15th. Get the glow. 12-month commitment applies. See Home Club for details. And just thank God I haven't had missing time yet. That That's where I think it'll get really weird. And I probably have. I just don't know. Yeah. But. Yeah, we've, we've had a couple instances of missing time. So, yeah. Mm. Oh, <laughs> we were coming back from um, my a partner and I. We were instructors for a while. We were coming back from, oh, Columbia or Savannah. No, it was Columbia, Georgia. And we were in an ambulance, and we were headed home. Both of us, paramedics, seasoned instructors, uh, had taught a class over there and was driving back to Atlanta. And we stopped at Waffle House, and we got back on interstate, and we both remember getting incredibly sleepy and tired. We did see something in the sky, but we never put anything to it. We both got incredibly sleepy and ended up in uh, South Carolina, and we were headed to Atlanta. <laughs> we still we made it home at like six a.m. We still don't know what the hell because I remember at some point in time I was like, I got to stop, Joe. I can't drive anymore, and it's not that far from. I mean, it's like an hour and a half. It's like I stop. I can't. You know, we had had Waffle House. I said, but I, I got to stop. We <laughs> said neither of us could figure that out at all. And there was no alcohol involved with that experiment. We were had been working, so crazy time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't like it. Don't like it much. And I was going to tell you. I'm sure you uh, probably will tell me to hold it. But um, at that at the first time that we started having these ET things, I had been diagnosed with a very rare disease. Okay, hold on. Hold, was, hold that thought. Okay, hold that thought. But when, uh so that way our radio audience has to. <laughs> Gets to hear that. Oh, man. Yeah, this is my kind of woo tonight. Totally my <laughs> kind of woo. I come in to talk about Bigfoot, and I end up telling about all about this other stuff. Hey, and that's the way it works. You so, don't, you know, you just, happens. they're there. Yeah. We just, just, the beauty, beautiful part about this show is we just run with it. Uh, you know, I, I mean, we just go wherever it takes us. That's where it goes. So we may have a title. But it may not go that direction, and I'm quite okay with that. I love it. 
Yeah. So it's um uh, yeah, it, it's very interesting. I was just reading YJ's comment. Synchronize all my watches to a second. Yeah, I, I usually mm-hmm. wear a watch, and then I got my phone watch. And um, it's funny you mentioned that because on one of my watches the other day that I put on, it was an it was an hour and twenty minutes behind, and I have no idea how it got there. No idea. And the battery was just fine. Once I reset it, the battery was just fine. Didn't even think about it. So, yeah. Uh, thank you to Amy, Louie Times 2, and Simon for the super chats. And here we go, everyone, with the next half hour coming up right now. We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go, final half hour with our guest tonight, Glenn Jackson, a researcher, experiencer out of the beautiful state of Georgia, and we are talking about missing time, aliens. Glenn, welcome back. You got some aliens hanging out, don't you? (laughs) apparently so tell us the story all right well i was gonna say right before we went to break there that um at this point in time when i had started really going out in the field more i had been just diagnosed with a rare disease um that it is called intracranial hypertension which if you picture high blood pressure you realize you know this is a closed system you get the heart pump in the fluid you know so there's not much, or the heart's the pump, you get the fluid, then you get the vessel. There's only three things. It's a similar mechanism in the brain. It's the fluid that goes around the spinal cord in the brain. It's all controlled by the brain, and it's a sealed system, or it should be an intact sealed system. But you can have too much pressure, or you can have too little pressure. Um, and I had just been diagnosed with that, and their hypothesis on this was because I was a flight medic, and we were on Learjets going up and down constantly, and I'd done this for, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years, was that I'd probably had this disease and that it was triggered by my constant, you know, I land in Boston, then we'll go to Denver, and then from there we may go to Oregon and back to Florida or to Bermuda. And so their hypothesis was with the difference in altitude, it probably triggered this. So I was just getting diagnosed and treated for that. And I did a lot of research on this. There's not many places in the States. In fact, um, the only one that I found that is actively researching this disease is NASA. And I was like, that's interesting. And so I started reading as much as I could on it. And I found that everyone who's traveled into outer space, as far as astronauts, has that disease. And so it was very alarming to me at that time because I was thinking, 
you know, I've had this experience where now I'm thinking this is not just a Bigfoot, you know, some big furry creature in the woods. This is something totally different. And now I'm involved with it. And now I have an illness. I don't think the two were related, but I did say that in my head that why would I have this disease? And it's even rare that men get this disease. <laughs> so I was like one in 100 of the people of the disease and the people that get it are less than 4% of the population of the U S. Oh my, Oh my. That so is. yeah, they had fun poking and prodding on me and giving me meds, making me sicker. It was a good time. It, it was an 18 month period where I did a lot of time out in the woods to, get away. And it was also a time where I was sick. So I had time to get out in the woods because I couldn't work. They had me off from work until they get it under control because you could have a stroke. And so they, uh, they were, they were making me sick with medicine and it wasn't intentional. It was just, you had to get your body either had to adjust, adapt to the medicine or not. And so I was spending all my free time out in the woods. So the two coming together really at that time, it was like a red flag. If I looked back at my life, that would be definitely have a, a tab mark, a big red X by that right there, that 18 month period. Unbelievable. Now, had you had UFO experiences prior to this? No, not that I recall. Um, I mean, I've seen things in the sky and thought, ooh, what is that? And when you're flying, as you know, we were up at all hours of the day and night. I've literally been in the air for 40 hours straight. You're always looking. And I've seen things, and I even had the pilots, uh, and it's funny because the pilots said, if we see anything, we're never going to say anything. It's like a big no with them. That's like, I guess, how you get your crazy card as far as being a pilot. If you tell air traffic control that you saw something, well, you've got paperwork and somebody's going to be, you know, talking about you. So but I had seen things, but I could never say I saw anything. Now I will tell you that I dove head first into a lot of things trying to cure myself. And one of the things I did was the Monroe gateway uh, and also learned to remote view uh, with Jessica at the time. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to do was put myself in a state where I could try and control my own body to see if I could bring my pressure down. I didn't want to be sick anymore. So I was trying to treat myself. Um, and so you will see little time periods of your life here and there. I still have a hard time thinking about them, but I remembered as a young child going into a grocery store with my uncle and thinking, seeing them, seeing myself at that age group, seeing myself at that height and seeing little grays grab me while I was training or while I was doing this training as learning process. I want to put it to an overactive imagination, but it was so realistic and vivid and remembering the name of a, it was a country store in Tennessee where I spent a summer with my uncle remembering such detail from a child that I'd never remembered coming out of this state really in the middle of all this threw me off. I was like, cause and it, I will say it, the inner voice that was said, well, that was the first time they got you. It was very odd, and I don't like I said. I want to put that to my inner imagination that it was something, but I can I can literally remember seeing the Pepsi bottle, the old style Pepsi bottles, the old the old uh, Captain Crunch boxes, the old, and it was not like I was looking down like I would now. It was like I was as a child, and I was looking straight forward at it when I was in this state of mind, 
And the thing said, and I saw them come out the Kaz Walker grocery store. And I was on the in I was in the cart with my uncle when they snatched me. And this voice in my head said, that's the first time they got you. You're okay. <laughs> I'm like, well, then heal me. <laughs> Wonderful. I mean, did, did it help? Did you end up getting healed? Um, well, it took a long time uh, between trying to find a balance between the natural stuff that I was doing. Uh, I lost a lot of weight. I worked out a lot more uh, in the medicine to get uh, what they called uh, stable. And for almost 10 years, I was taking medication for it. Um, and then I had an on-duty attack and I'm not really sure if that triggered something else, but I went into remission with it and I'm in remission as we speak. Excellent. Love hearing that. Love hearing that. How did this change your outlook towards extraterrestrials, UFOs, and what's potentially going on? You know, I used to watch a lot of science fiction. I mentioned earlier, I was a comic book geek. I always wanted to believe and you know, the X-Files, the truth is out there. And I always kind of thought that that was kind of Hollywood fiction stuff, but I really started realizing that there really is more things and more around us than we're aware. And especially as I learned to do the remote viewing and things and where you learn a lot of the techniques from some of my military friends about self-awareness and projection of yourself and, and you're protecting yourself at the same time. I realized that I had gotten to a point where, I was I felt almost out of control before I learned all these things. It was like I said, it was an alarming feeling. If I had to put it, if I was looking at a timeline, there would definitely be a, a bookmark there. Do you believe then that there is a invisible string tying the cryptid world and the UFO world and the paranormal world together? They are somehow connected. How? I'm not 100%, but you usually won't see one without the other, or the presence will be known. I mean, it, it's it, once you start, once you're more self-aware, once you get that training, or not necessarily training, make yourself more aware and learn of you know stuff going on around you, you see and you feel more. So, yeah, I do believe it's there, but I don't know what it is. What's your best guesstimate? My best guesstimate, um, I don't think we're alone. Uh, in fact, uh, I've met several people, paramedics worked with people I trust that uh, came out of the you know, paramilitary world, and they've told me flat out, um, yeah, we're, they walk amongst us. You know, there's, a, there's a project to look for certain ones of them right now. And you know, even one of the guys in one of our classes that taught us things was giving us things to look for and people psychologically to tell if they were just off or if they weren't from around here, so to speak. Boy, it sounded country. Hmm. <laughs> so when you have been in the field regarding looking for Sasquatch, have you seen a number of UFOs or other anomalous things that shouldn't really be there where you are? Uh, one night, uh, I was on the radio again, and um, two of them had had a, something happen that they couldn't explain, and all of their radios died. Their radios died, their flashlights died, every, all, anything with energy died on them. 
And so the one team said, okay, well, you know, team one's going to go back and get fresh batteries, radio, flashlight, everything. And, uh, you know, to let me know they're coming back into base camp. Well, I saw a white light and a green light, and I thought it was their headlamp. And it was coming towards base camp. My mind tuned it out, you know, whatever. Well, then it turned and it went around the top of the mountain. And I, I said, at that point, I got on the radio. I said, are they coming back to base camp? What's going on? I just saw them go around the side of the mountain with their headlights. And they're like, no, we can still see them. They haven't made it out of the field yet. And I got to thinking about that. If it was a headlamp, when you step, you would, you know, see it kind of go up and down with your footstep, your glide. And this stayed smooth. One, Like I said, one was green, one was white. Stayed smooth. They were perfectly beside each other and never, <laughs> never veered off. And there was no movement at all. And I was like, hmm, I don't know what that was. <laughs> Very strange. Have you ever encountered in your Sasquatch encounters or in your research, have you ever encountered paranormal ghostly experiences at the same time? Um, we've had some experiments where we've used the ghost box, um, and some things like that. Um, the ghost box actually one night did call out a team member's name, which was very odd. He had a very odd, uh, kind of a Greek last name, very plainly, very clearly. I remember that. That's the one I grew up in a haunted house. It's the one thing I did. I don't like to play in is the spooky ghost world. So whenever it gets to stuff like that, I kind of get the creepy crawlies like a snake. I want to get away from it. So. Right, but you've never had the encounter of that all together at once. Um, we've had spirits come through the base camp. Um, we had the tr- a trickster spirit one night take all the antennas out of our um, uh, cars. You know the uh, the old AMFM antenna, the metal rod pole. Well, it would just unscrew. It would be unscrewed and laid by the by the tire. And somebody usually is always up at base camp. So, I mean, it's not an intentional thing, so to speak, but we always try. And if it's, if it's a large enough crowd, if there's more than, you know, maybe a half dozen of us, somebody's usually trying to be alert and up and moving around. Uh, and we thought at first everybody was playing a joke. It was everybody's car. So you would think if it was, you know, one person, they'd go, okay, yeah, I got you guys like a week later, but. Yeah, things like we've had things odd, strange things like that happen. Um, we had um, two of them at one point in time in Georgia stumbled upon an actual uh, mom and a baby squatch, and it was under attack from I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, it was a witch uh, from ancient Cherokee times. And they accidentally got in the middle of that exchange, and the witch tried to follow them back to base camp. Oh, wow. Question from Michael. Does Sasquatch understand our good intentions and respect? You know, I think they do. And my last encounter, my son moved away, and uh, he wanted to go out camping one more time out in the woods. And it was just a bunch of us. We weren't even looking for anything in the wood. I mean, we were out doing things, but we weren't poking the bear, so to speak. And that night, uh, my son has never had an experience. And before he moved to Vermont, I was like, I want you to have an experience. You know, let's go out in the woods. Let's have some fun. Um, that night, uh, I sleep in a tent cot, which is basically what it 
sounds like it's a cot with a tent right over it and just fold it out and it goes. And, um, that night it was a warm summer night. I had the windows all cracked and everything. Um, I woke up to hearing something coming through the camp, hearing them, I'm going to say communicate. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I'm just going to lay here. My son wanted experience. Well, then I heard my son's voice. And then I heard them saying some things amongst themselves, the animals or creatures that was there that was trying to mimic us and using some of the same words. Of course, they weren't in right, proper English or form. And so I knew I was like, okay, this is really weird. I, and as a paramedic, I have smelled some really nasty things. And I'm not a dirty person. I was trying not to vomit in my tent cut. The stench was so horrible. I mean, it was putrid, nauseating to your toenails. And uh, I remember if they were getting close to my son, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to play. This thing's up close on me. And I had started to move my hand towards uh, uh, my pistol. And something said, hey, we're good. We're not mess. We're just going to mess with him a little bit so that he knows us before he moves away. I was like, okay, cool. And I went back to sleep. I mean, <laughs> that, that sounds so unbelievable, but this is what's happening out there. Yeah. The next day I asked my son, I was like, so did you get your experience? He's like, yeah, y'all were talking all night. And I'm like, yeah, that wasn't us. <laughs> we were asleep. <laughs> my goodness. My goodness. So looking towards this year, because you're in an area where you can get out there right now. I cannot. My area is still about two to two and a half months away before all the snow melts. So I'm a little jealous of <laughs> snow. What's that? <laughs> uh, it's about four foot feet of white stuff that's all over my yard right now. But yeah, it's been snowing in Vermont since my son moved there, I think. <laughs> But the, but the idea behind everything uh, that you are dealing with right now uh, with this, where do you see your research going in, oh, 2023? Um, well, since um, I'm, not, I'm not on active duty anymore, I was attacked on duty by a pit bull. And oh so my. I'm, uh, I'm kind of on permanent temporary disability because I can't use my hand like I used to. So one of the things I'd like to do is um, get out in the field more. Uh, and I want to try and write a book that's geared towards safety. And it'll probably be lean heavy on public safety, you know, fire EMS stuff to where people can protect themselves from things. But I'm also going to put a chapter in there about safety from cryptids, things you can do. Uh, so well, give us some of, the, one of the give us some of those safety tips. Well, you know, we talked about time earlier. Um, the digital, the phone watches, all those. Throw them out when you go out in the field. Get the old wind up kind. Get something and and have more. The post workout glow at Planet Fitness doesn't just feel great; it feels eighties pump up jam great. Because when you got the glow, there is no stopping what you want to do. And now when you become a PF Black Card member, your glow can be even greater with a free Amazon Halo Fitness Tracker. Get the glow. Sign up for the PF Black Card for $1 down and just $24.99 a month. Bring a friend, enjoy massage chairs, and get a free Amazon Halo View. Deal ends March 15th. 12-month commitment applies. See Home Club for details. Sign up for the Planet Fitness Black Card for $1 down, $24.99 a month, and get a free Amazon Halo Fitness Tracker. 
deal ends March 15th. 12-month commitment applies. See Home Club for details. More than one, and we found that they could even be off. Uh, you know, as far as safety, always have your first aid kit. Always let somebody know where you're going. The, the basics of being out in the woods, but um, yeah, also I want to put in there things for treatment, like for snake bite or if you're bit by a dog or um, stuff like that. Yeah. See, here we don't have to worry about the snakes. Yeah, that's true. I didn't know what snake. I I grew up in Washington D.C. and we didn't. I mean, we had snakes, but we didn't have the kind that would bite and kill you. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of those. Not a fan. No. Yeah, they're the rattlesnakes are about an hour south of me. Okay, they're about an hour south. So I got stuck in red deer one time up there, and I remember it being very cold. Well, the, you know, red deer. They're good hockey around there. Not going to lie, some really good hockey around there. Good hockey and good beer. And my gosh, when they say it's going to snow, they mean it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the same as uh, where I am here in BC. But, you know, we have four and a half minutes to go before we're going to say goodnight to you tonight. Wow. I mean, this, this has flown on by here. What do you, out of everything you've experienced in the cryptid supernatural world, what is something that you haven't experienced yet? That you want to? That I want to? Wow. Um, well, I mean, I've seen the squat. I've seen the foot. I've seen things. I would like to have some confirmation that there are grays. There are aliens. I sense they're there, but I've never actually seen them. And I know that sounds kind of odd to say, but I would like to have confirmation in my mind that I'm not just crazy. I mean, I think I'm a little crazy to be doing this stuff to start with, but to say that I'd like to have that experience makes it sound even worse, but I want confirmation. I want to know, you know, more, more, more is out there than we know about. Oh, very much so. What don't you want to see? Um, the, I, I stay away from the ghosts and the devil and the demons and that type of stuff. I grew up in a haunted house and I'm very, very scared of those things and will run the opposite direction from those things. Not a fan. Yeah, yeah. See, the whole dog man thing is what gets me. That's what scares me, is dog man. I, I, I know they're in my area. I know where they are uh, from other people who've experienced it. I'm not sure that I am ready for that yet. So yeah, dog man, I believe is north of me. Uh, maybe Chattanooga is the furthest south reporting I've heard. Um, I don't want any experience because I hear that they are just downright mean and evil from everybody I know that's had an encounter with them. I know. Why do you think there's such a difference in attitude between dog man and Sasquatch? I've wondered if it's a hierarchy because if you if you do notice, if you put the map down, show them where all the uh, the Bigfoot sightings are and put it with like caves and underground tunnels and things, you'll see a lot of connection. But if you started noticing, we've seen more dogman incidents and they started North and they're coming South. And so I wonder if it's not either a territorial thing or if it's a, I'm superior to you type thing. It, in my way of thinking, the dogman appears because it's tactical. It appears to have more, um, what's the correct word, uh, intention and thought. 
than than your average Bigfoot would from everything I've heard. I mean, like you said, your average Bigfoot is is scary and can be mean and everything, but I think they're kind of just they don't want to mess with us, leave us alone. Um, but they'll let you know they're there. But I often wonder if the other one isn't kind of invading their territory. I don't think they like each other, but I don't know why. Yeah, I, I would love to see that. Who, who are you picking in a fight? If you if you had Vegas odds, Ooh. who are you picking in a fight? Dogman versus Bigfoot. Uh, one of our team members has a great audio file of uh, coyotes uh, hunting, and uh, the foot got in the middle of the hunting, and you hear this on the recording, this swish of air like when you swing a baseball bat, and this hollow sound of something smashing against a tree. The coyote sound instantly stops, and you hear them going the opposite direction. So if you can take out a coyote because they're pretty fierce little critters, I would probably go with the the foot. Oh, Please yeah. get the size of the weight. I I totally agree with you. I think I think uh, he uh, he takes a a tree, slams it against Dogman's head, much like a steel chair, knocks him out, hooks the leg, pins him for a three count, right there. Absolutely, I think that's what happens. I Finish really it with a DDT. Yeah, could be, could very well be. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Glenn, thank you so much for coming on Space Out sir. Radio. I it's been an it. absolute pleasure to have you here. Good luck in your research in 2023. Sure. We very much appreciate it. And uh, coming up next on Spaced Out Radio, we got a jam-packed hour number three as Swamp Dweller is going to kick things off. Then Super Duke will be here for the Cryptid Report. Dave 101 night. What am I ranting about tonight? I'll fill you in in a little bit. And, of course, we'll get to some weird news. Spaced Out Radio's Hour 3 coming up right after this. Stay tuned. We've got lots of show ahead. All right. We are clear. Great job, Glenn. Well, thank you. I was very nervous, but. I think I did all right. You did great. The audience was the audience wasn't mean to me. So. No, no, they're pretty good people. They're pretty good people. Hey, I was going to say, if anyone's interested on YouTube and can see the picture behind me, it's a coin that I made. It's a uh, metal coin. Um, I, if you want to find me on Twitter at SportCat, and I'll hook you up with uh, one of those coins. How much are they? Twenty five dollars off the top of my head. I like them. Um, yeah, yeah, they glow in the dark. Um, it's my rendition of what I recall. I had an artist. I told him this is what I think it is, and uh, I consulted with my friends that were in the woods with me, and that's the best to remember what it looks like. And of course, Sweet. behind him is uh, Mount George Washington's home. Sweet. All right, my friend, we're gonna let you go, get you some sleep, and uh, sure. we're gonna get back to work here. You take care. Have a great night, eh? All right. Thank you, sir. Good Ta- night. Take care. That's Glenn Jackson, everybody. Yeah, teammates with Jessica Jones. Great guy. Fantastic guy. I'll be right back. You guys get comfy, and uh, we'll kick off hour three soon.
That was fun. Good interview. Hi, Search and Destroy. How you doing? Good to see you. Leafs in 67. 67. Love it. Love it. No, no polar bears around here. They're still sleeping. There's lots of snow out there yet. Lots of snow. Hi, Blue Cruise. How you doing? Reminder for all of you, if you want to do a little bit of travel... Thanks, random guy. You're more than welcome to. I'll be in San Francisco in a couple of weeks for UFOCon 2023. Go to UFOCon2023.com. Grab your tickets. Yeah, come see me. Come hang out. And then, of course, we have our Vegas event. Random guy is going to be there. Come meet random guy. He's going to be signing autographs for everybody. At our Vegas party at the Golden Nugget, May 19th to 21st. Read the ticker for more info. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth, hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Lacustrine. Lacustrine is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as a clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again for us to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. I have always loved mushroom hunting. Something was thrilling about scouring the forest floor for elusive fungi, hoping to find the rarest and most delectable species. So when I heard about a particularly secluded patch of forest where the mushrooms grew wild and plentiful, I knew I had to go and check it out. I arrived at the forest rather early in the morning just as the sun rose. The forest was quiet and peaceful this day, with only the rustling of leaves and birds chirping to break the silence. I set off into the woods with my wicker basket and began my hunt. As the day wore on, I ventured deeper into the forest and my basket now full of various mushrooms. But, 
As I wandered around, I began to feel like I was being watched in every which direction. Every rustle of leaves or a snap of a twig made me jump in fright, and I started to feel uneasy. Now, as I'm sure you are aware, I have spent a lot of time in the woods hunting mushrooms over the years, and I never really felt like this before. I tried to push the feeling aside and focus on the hunt, but realized I was somehow lost as the sun was beginning to set. I couldn't find my way back to the car, and the forest seemed to close in around me, suffocating me with its oppressive silence. That's when I heard the first howl. It was low and guttural, making the hair on the back of my neck stand on end. I tried to ignore it and keep moving, but then I heard another howl, closer this time. I turned around and that's when I saw them, two figures emerging from the undergrowth, wild and feral. They were covered in dirt and leaves with matted fur and claw-like fingernails. Their eyes were wide and unfocused, running straight toward me. I froze, my heart pounding in my chest. I didn't know what to do. All I knew is that I had to escape. I turned and ran, with these two feral people hot on my heels. I couldn't even begin to guess how long I ran, but it felt like hours. My legs were burning, my lungs were heaving, and I could hear the sound of the feral people's breathing behind me. Finally, I stumbled into a clearing and saw the glow of my car's headlights in the distance. With a burst of energy, I sprinted towards the car, my heart pounding. I made it to the car just in time and slammed the door shut behind me, locking it and shaking my hands. I looked out in the darkness and saw the feral people emerging from the woods, their eyes fixated on me. I started the car and sped away, my heart still racing. I don't know what those feral people were or why they chased me, but I'll never go mushroom hunting in a secluded area by myself again. All I can tell you is I've done a lot of research since then. I haven't found anything that's actually like reliable. I have found some like rumors about feral people and wild people in the woods, but I haven't really seen anything that I can really say is substantiated. Watch out for the feral people when you're out in the woods. You never know what's going to happen. Yes, we love the swamp dweller around here, and he kicks off the third hour of this show each and every Monday through Friday night, so make sure you tune him on in. You can find more of his stories by going to youtube.com forward slash swamp dweller reads, and you can listen to them all for free. From the swamp to the mountains of Montana, where we bring in Super Duke for World Bigfoot Radio for the Cryptid Report. World Bigfoot Radio returns for his final appearance this week in Super Duke. I'm loving these military stories that you were giving us around that. But, but before we get to those, because I know this is an abbreviated edition, I want to ask you about our guest, Glenn Jackson. That portal thing, I know you were listening. Have you ever encountered anything like that in all your trips up the mountains in Montana? Oh, Dave, I'm so way ahead of you. If you check on your MeWe, you'll see that I sent you two pictures of a portal that I caught on video in September, and uh, we just showed them. Uh, oh, where did he go? Um, and uh, We're losing Super Duke here. 
Where are you, Super Duke? Where are you? The portals took him away. The portals took Super Duke away. Maybe I spoke too soon. Maybe the aliens showed up and just grabbed him. Or, or maybe it's, I don't know. I don't know. Super Duke, are you with okay, us? I'm back. There you are. Yeah, the internet wants to turn me off now. Ha ha. <laughs> you scared me there for I I swore I I'm mentioned back. the word portals and all of a sudden you were gone. Yep. Now, like I said on my MeWe, I have pictures of Portal from uh, last Sunday's show that we caught here in September. And it was discovered in that video fragment by Robin, who had to go through the whole thing and try and pull out all of the cryptids in it and put little hula hoops around them. And she sent me this one and said, you got a portal here, too. It's either in the process of opening or closing, but you can see the little dot of light in the middle of it and the concentric circles around it. And judging by the situation, I'm guessing it was closing as I was walking up on it. They were shutting the portals so that I wouldn't, you know, like see it or anything <laughs> rather than opening it right as I got there. But, uh, <clears throat> yep, uh, they're there again. Uh, people are getting these things on camera and on video and stuff. Hmm. Also have an interesting game cam picture in there. This is all studio audience night here for the live studio audience that will get to be see the, seeing this on youtube and for those of you that are missing it you can always go back and look at it again and see the cool picture of the portal but there's also a picture of this thing on a game cam here you getting close there dave i am getting close here <laughs> two seconds. and this thing on the game cam picture um i've already vetted it through one source and they say it is authentic i gotta have um, high degree of computer skills. Take a look at it. Are you talking the, the the Gugway pick? Uh huh. Oh my God! Yeah, this thing is. I we got to sh show this. So for our radio audience here, uh, wow. I don't even know how to explain this, Duke. I'm going to leave this to you to explain for our radio audience. Yeah, y'all have to come back and tune in if you want to see it really good. But this one's pretty clear, and it's uh. The uh, creature in question is lunging toward... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or. Ch -ch 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 the DMV. Number 97. Or. Ch -ch 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 house cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purge the camera, which looks like the camera isn't that high off the ground or else the creature is tremendously big. It appears to be coming forward on all fours. Its right arm with gigantic razor-sharp claws is outstretched. Um, and, yeah, apparently it took the camera out. And I had a couple people look at it and went, well, that's a bear. And I went, well, you haven't seen very many bears. Where's the ears? 
Yeah, there is no ears on that thing. I mean, uh, I, I can see where they say it looks like a bear. It does seem to have a large snout. Mm-hmm. Not quite long enough to be a bear. Also doesn't have the round bear ears, but does have the little tufts of hair up there that are always described in the Gugwe report encounters. Are you sure this isn't a dog man? <laughs> it could be. It could be. It's uh we don't know for sure what it is, but uh the experts that looked at it actually said immediately it was a gugwe. They didn't say anything about it being a dog man. I still have to have a couple more other people look at it. So right now we don't know what this thing is. I'm leaning heavily toward gugwe because I've got a picture of another one's face and it's pretty much the same thing. I'm gonna have to show this one around. Get some. This came up on. It's a compilation. There's a lot of video channels out there right now that just do compilations of like uh, game cam stuff. You know, here's the cute piebald deer. Here's the squirrel playing with a rock. You know, here's the bear rolling over, looking cute, whatever. And occasionally they get these weird things on there, and they just put those on there too. We don't know what this is. It appeared on this guy's game cam. You know, Uh, that's about all the information that you get get on some of these things. So yeah, this uh, this one apparently the additional information was it thrashed the game cam. That was the last picture on it. Oh my, yeah. I mean the claws on this, those are at least three inches. Yeah, you don't know the scale on the critter there either. I mean the game cam could be four feet off the ground. Right. Okay, so we know it's not a grizzly bear because a grizzly bear has five claws. Not four. And on this one paw that is kind of off the ground, there are four claws there. Where was this taken? Yeah, and you can't see it. You can't see his right, uh, or excuse me, his, uh, yeah, his right rear leg because his front uh, right parts are obscuring it. But it looks like his uh, left isn't even on the ground. Like it may be that only his uh, left forepaw or front arm in front there is the only thing that's on the ground. But if you look at his left knee, the le- the way the leg is, you could see how the leg is is bent, like it's crouching or like it's walking on all fours. Yeah, it's rushing forward. You can tell by the blur on the fur and everything, and the background's all in focus. Was this the only photo of it? Only photo. Appeared on one photo, game cam trashed. And there was no photos of it before leading up to it? Nope. How does that work? Good question. I know they can actually avoid game cams because they're so fast, they can activate them and get past them before they actually get their picture taken. We've got good examples of that happening before. Who knows how fast that those things are, whatever they are. And it does look like a gugwe. I'm going yeah, yeah, to take this out, and, and I'm going to send this to some of my hunting buddies. <laughs> if they say they saw one, then ask them why aren't they dead? <laughs> well, I mean, look, I mean, obviously, the the crappy part about it is, for our radio audience, it's another blurry photo. But it's not blurry where you can't make out the images, and it hasn't been over-pixelated, which is good. And the the other, you could tell it's moving fast because the trees in the background are clear. Mm-hmm. Nothing else is moving except the object that's coming toward the camera to maul it. And I've seen pictures of bears doing that, too, and it looks the same. The bear's blurry because it's moving fast. (laughs) 
Oh, Super Duke. You're killing yeah, that me. That was scary. So let's go look at those uh, portal pictures there. We got a little bit of time to do that with. And uh, the uh, this these were pretty cool. The There's the lighter version. Robin found that initially. That was just a frame from the video that I took. And you look at the, the red hula hoop in the middle, you can see that there is a little glowing dot in the middle of that. And there's concentric glowing white circles around it. And according to Robin, it's either the portal opening or closing. And I'm, like I said, going with it's closing. I did a darker version of it, too. It darkened it up a little bit to make it out a little bit more obvious. But, again, this wasn't like I knew it was there and I was trying to film it or anything. I just caught this accidentally on a pan. This one I have a lot more troubles with. Pull up the other version. It's darker. There you go. See the white circles? Yeah, no, I, I understand the circle and everything, but I, you know, to me, and I'm not trying to sound like a jerk here, but to me, when I look at a photo like this, where it's been zoomed in on and pixelated, it's very hard for me to look at um, look at it and just wonder, is that actually what we're looking at, or is it pareidolia? Yeah, being that it's never appeared in any of the 404 previous videos I shot, I'd say there's no way in hell it's pareidolia, but that's just me being the guy out in the field that films. No, that. no, and and trust me, I, I I understand what what you're saying. You know, you, this is your area. You know this area like the back of your hand, much like I'm getting to know my area. You know, I don't know it as well as the back of my hand just yet, but. This year, now that I know we've had contact there, there's going to be a lot more time spent in that area because I know where to go rather than trying yeah, to the, find a place to go. The other interesting thing here is that's right above the river. That's not sitting over the ground. That's above that little oh, so, river. So down below, that's that's water running. That's a river, yep. Okay. If you go back and look at the video, you can see exactly where that's at. You can probably even pick it out if you go through frame by frame. Okay. I'm, zoom, I'm zooming in on that little river downstream from me. And when I zoomed in or zoomed back out again, that's what I caught that. There were other things around both sides of it that Robin noticed. But uh, the point here is that that explains to me why I got so many cryptids all bunched up in one area. Because from what I'm thinking is that portal is just in the process of closing as I'm walking up on it. And a whole pile of them may have just come through it, which is why there was a whole pile of them in one place when I came up there. So the face that's in the secondary circle, is that covered by trees or brush? Because there's Yeah, that's in the background, and there's like another, uh, some fallen trees and brush and stuff in there, and that you can only make out that face. And there's actually a bunch of these, if you go through and look at all of the hula hoop pictures that Robin did for this one, um, there's some of them that are like really obvious. And there's other ones where you just can't see anything, and that's because Robin can see their energy signatures. So whether we can see it or not, she puts a circle there. And that one, I just you know you can kind of you can see there's a face there too. Hmm. Bama Bigfoot will tell you this that you can get them on video, and as you're walking along, you have to go through your video really carefully and look at it really carefully because you may only catch them for like two or three frames of video. And then they're obscured again, and you can't see them. Mm-hmm. And this is an area, explain to our audience, this is an area you are continually at. This is your research area. 
it's near it. This is actually on the far side of the mountain range from my best research area, an area that me and uh, Mike discovered about two years ago. Um, we were just driving up the valley, and I went, hey, wait, 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 wait. There's a little stream over here. Okay, let's pull over and go check this out. Well, there's no path or anything going up this thing and the stream just goes underneath the road and then goes through the other side and goes down into the main little river that's there so we walked up that thing and while me and mike were up there we caught seven of them on video and that area just creeped us out so the next time i was there the following year i had Shane from uh, uh spokane over here and we went the opposite direction down to the river from the road and immediately found a 17 inch track so we kind of figured they were around there so this time when I was there with Keith Crabtree, I let him stay down by the road because he's not very mobile, and I just walked a loop around where we had seen him before and didn't get anything. And when I got back down to the road where he was waiting, that's where they were on the far side of the road. And as I'm now hypothesizing, it was because there was that open portal right there and some of them were coming through it at the time. Wow. So wow. I kind of caught the bus unloading, basically, and that's why I got that lucky video. Four minutes ago here on the Cryptid Report. Explain to everybody where your territory is that you're researching for Sasquatch. Uh, I'm in extreme western central Montana, which is sort of like in between where Glacier Park is and where Yellowstone Park is, for all of you people that don't live near the area. Gigantic forests and mountains, 52 mountain ranges, uh, millions of acres of forest. Plenty of places for Sasquatch to hide. Almost all the forest out here is either a state forest, national forest, uh, national park, and they all connect to each other. So there's unlimited travel thoroughfares for them to move around out here. I'm down toward the middle of the state. It takes roughly three, three and a half hours to drive from here up to the border of Canada up there where Dave lives. Yes, Canada. Okay. Canadia, I know, I know, our wonderful press secretary that's so brilliant. Thank you, Miss St. Pierre. But, <laughs> but anyway, point here being that we actually took a, a cold, hard look at this one time and went, now, if I was a Bigfoot and I was down here in the middle part of western Montana, granted it's still all mountain ranges and stuff, but you're halfway down the state, I want to walk from here to Canada. How many roads do I have to cross? The answer is two. That's it. That's it. So think about how easy it is for them to get around and not be spotted by anyone up here. I mean, they practically have to be trying in order to get spotted up here. It's so easy to hide from us. There's so much land to do it on. And yet people see them all the time. I don't know if they're just sloppy up here or if there's just a plethora of Sasquatches here locally. But I'm leaning heavily toward the latter because pretty much anywhere that I go around here and being that I know what to look for, I can find signs of them right away. And, uh, you know, I had Rich Souls from the Knox Gigas Project out here a few years ago, and he got to stick around for about a week. And every day he went to a different area, some days a different mountain range, and just randomly walked around to see what he could find. And he was absolutely blown away. He was finding evidence of them all over the place. Giant structures, tracks, you name it. They're just all over the place. The structures are the ones that amaze me. You know, whether they're teepees or lean-tos or trees that are bent right over and tucked into other trees or bushes. What do you think those are? Uh, I think some of them are actually energy collectors and some of them are territorial markers and some of them are trail markers. It totally depends on the structure. 
in the situation that you find it in. My favorite thing with structures so far, besides finding a, a legit six-story tall X structure, a super X, is the uh, gigantic teepee that they started working on not too far away from it. And we were lucky enough to be up there every month the whole summer and film it again. And when we compared the videos, we noticed in every single one they had changed something. They'd move something around. They'd put in new trees. And my favorite one, there was a 40-foot uh, pine tree, perfectly healthy and everything, straight up and down in one video. When you come back the next month and film it, now the top of it's bent underneath the teepee. How the hell does that happen? Tree's not dead. <laughs> So wow. at the top, put it underneath the rest of the teepee tangle there. So, you know, actually documenting them building this thing and making changes on it every month. And Kelly Shaw, Rocky Mountain Sasquatch, picked up on that, too. And him and Jenny actually have these structure areas that they'll go and check every so often and film them again. Because you can't necessarily remember, but you can always go back and look at the last video you made of it and compare. And right. he's noticed the same thing where they're making changes to it. Excellent. Super Duke, we got 15 seconds. Thank you so much for coming on Spaced Out Radio again, my friend. You always make it a lot of fun. Thanks, Dave. I always have fun being here. Love your audience, and we got a lot of crossover listeners, too. So that's always awesome. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right, man. Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio. You can find him on YouTube, MeWe, Rumble, many other places. Never call him late for the forest to look for Sasquatch. Coming up next, it's the Dave 101, and we got some weird news coming up as well. Stay tuned. Final half hour is next. Good job, Super Duke. Thanks, Dave. I, I thought your audience might enjoy seeing that. What potentially is actually a gugwe caught on game cam. Holy crap, that thing's scary. I love it. How would you like to be rushed by that thing? No. Yeah. That thing's screwed. No thanks, no thanks. That that scares me a lot more than the Dogman Dozen Sasquatch and Portal that I got on video that I was standing right next to. That was way less scary than this freaking thing. Hey, I don't have MeWe on my phone. Can you text me a picture of that? Uh, that, uh... Oh, no, I don't have any data on my phone. I don't oh. use my phone for anything like that. Okay, I'll have to... You'll have to transfer. Yeah. See but, yeah, that's I, I like to watch these compilation videos, and some of them, they're, like, obvious fakes. Somebody was playing around with my game camera. And other things are like, it's hard to tell what the camera got a picture of. But every so often, the cameras get a picture of something very interesting. And uh, this is one of the most interesting ones I've seen recently. No kidding. No kidding. And apparently, I have a call that I have to make for with somebody tomorrow that was a guest on another show, Sibylla Irwin. And he got to see a Bigfoot light up and do the eye glow thing at point blank range right no from the other side, right from the other side of the window. He said its head was like two feet wide, it's like right on the other side of the pane of glass looking at him and gives him the eye glow. He's like, Wah! well, <clears throat> having survived that, and this guy lives up there in your neck of the woods, I think a little further north than you are, Dave. Uh, guess what he just found on the mountain behind his house? Hmm. Mountain giant track. Oh, nice. Uh, no. 
So he's pretty worried, and I have to give him a call tomorrow and give him some sage advice about how to avoid being eaten. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. All right, Super Duke, I got to let you go here. I still got to figure out something I'm going to rant about. I got a couple of subjects in my head, <laughs> but I haven't decided well, which one. As always, I'm looking forward to hearing your rantings, Dave. I know you like Damn aliens, get off my lawn. Get off my lawn, you damn aliens. <laughs> you damn probe happy scissor jackies. And take those poultry geese I duct tape for you with, too. Yeah, no kidding. All right, Super Duke. Chat with you later, buddy. You guys. Good night. Super Duke. Super Duke. Yeah, we love it. We love it. Stephanie Jackson, how are you? Are we seeing you in Vegas, too? And uh, let's see here. You got that picture? I, I actually just sent it to a couple of buddies of mine. I saved it on my computer. and That was weird. That's a weird, weird thing. <coughs> it's part of the mystery, eh, random guy? Part of the mystery. That's why we chase him. That's why we chase him. Hmm. Do you guys want UFOs or cryptid rant today? Gong show. So far, it's 2-2. You guys got like 30 seconds. 4-3-5-3-5-4-6-4-7-4-7-5. Eight five nine five ten five ten six ten seven eleven seven. Okay, we're going to UFOs. Dry toast, how are you? Here we go, everyone. We've rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. 
My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live at KPNL. All of our archives are free for you. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bubblefoot. Read the newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where I yell at everybody to get off my lawn. It's a Dave 101. Last week, I ranted about the old idea and adage that there is leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a big difference between UFOs and UAP. So the big question is, as a quick reminder is, what are they? Well, I tend to think that UAP are human made. And this is what has been bothering the United States government and governments around the world when it comes to man-made objects interfering in another nation's airspace. UFOs, on the other hand, well, let's just call them what they are. Unidentified flying objects, potentially from outer space, interdimensional, time travel, and what have you. Now, recently, the Canadian government has jumped into this field. Now, they seem to be doing something a little bit different. They want to go the scientific approach. What is flying out? They want all the very interesting aspects of their alphabet agencies to come through and sit down provide all the information they can from the RCMP to the DND to the Transport Canada, NAV Canada, Department of Energy, Department of Nuclear Energy, all of these energy sectors, and of course commercial airline pilots as well as military. Perfect. That's a good start. It really is. And I'm not just patting it on the back because I'm Canadian myself. No, I like the fact that there is no threat narrative that we've heard of so much coming out of the U.S. So we're finally seeming to get back to some normal thinking around here because, as we know in the U.S., when the government talks threats or fear, that leads to billion-plus-dollar budgets. The other thing that I was wanting to tell you, though, about this is what I don't like. Because with good, there's always bad. 
The bad part about this is as follows. In the report that the Canadian television agency CTV News put out by intrepid reporter Daniel Otis, there was one agency in Canada that was lacking in this field. Before I name it, can any of you guess it? No, not the police. Not the Department of National Defense. No, it's not Wayne Gretzky. It's not some moose lined up at the Tim Hortons drive-thru asking for a donut. No. It's the Canadian Space Agency. For some reason, the Canadian Space Agency doesn't want to play the UFO game, much like the United States Air Force doesn't want to play it in the U.S. They're like, no, there's nothing there. We're not investigating it. We're not talking about it. We don't have time for UFOs. No, we are too busy to be making up imaginary stories about little green men flying spacecraft through the multiverse. Canada's top astronaut, Chris Hadfield, who was once the commander of the International Space Station for just a hair over six months, has been Canada's Neil deGrasse Tyson when it comes to UFOs. He kind of laughs at the subject. Then he kind of talks down to you a little bit, saying, I would have seen something up there. There is nothing up there. There are no anomalous objects. There are no UFOs. You can't believe what people are seeing. It's just, it's unheard of. NASA hasn't seen anything. Well, really, really. Now, Chris Hatfield is literally a cultural and folk hero around here. All right, he's best known for bringing up his guitar and singing songs while on camera. Smart guy, been in space a couple of times, has a fantastic mustache, got to point that out. But he's wrong on this one. Because number one, NASA is looking into this. And here's what I think has happened. See, Canada doesn't have the ability to put rockets in the sky. We rely on our American friends to send our astronauts up. And what happens from there is we got to toe the line a little bit up here. So I think what's happened is the Canadian Space Agency is holding some American secrets that they don't want to play the game and give the subject to the Canadian government. Because after all, if NASA says, hey, Canada, you're not going into space, well, then Canada is not going into space. Therefore, they have no choice but to play the lying NASA game where they are absolutely stunned and dumbfounded that there's UFOs out there. Because NASA is too proud to announce to the public that their astronauts from the Gemini program on up right through to SpaceX today have all encountered things. That all of their or near all of their rockets have been followed by anomalous objects that could be from another planet or civilization. 
No, Bill Nelson, the executive director and former astronaut himself, won't give up the goods. He's playing stupid to the public. Hey, Bill, when are you going to open up your closet? Just wondering. Wondering when that's going to happen. No, the Canadian government, in their quest for information, this is another flaw, will be looking into the NASA report. Now, I have talked to my sources, not like I have any pull, but I have actually talked to my sources, and I said, are you kidding me? Why would you take advice from a group that's lying to the public? Do you think they're not going to lie to you? Now, obviously, as someone with zero pull in this, trying to talk to sources who have people who have pull, it's a losing prospect. It's a losing game. But I find that dangerous because if that is the case, NASA is affecting two countries in their quest to understand what UFOs are all about and whether or not they're here. The other point that we want to hammer on over this point is it's good that there is progress being made. It's good that this topic is being talked about. It is great that more and more people are paying attention to what is in the sky because the mainstream has been the biggest nemesis to the UFO story right through and through. Never mind the media. No longer are people laughing at people who seen UFOs. No, the tinfoil is spread everywhere now. Even dogs and cats are wearing tinfoil hats in case the alien invasion comes and tries to scramble their little brains. But the idea behind the fact that we may or may not be visited, I am personally under the fact that we are. The misinformation that is coming out is also something we do have to be aware of. This is something our good friend Random Guy has warned us about. Telling us what is ours and what isn't. For instance, if you see blinking lights, it's probably ours. Just an example. And it's something that we need to pay attention to. But the good part about it is more people are looking up in the sky. More people are paying attention to it. And when they learn that just because you see a stream of lights going across the sky, it's not UFOs, it's actually Starlink. Once they get to realize what Jupiter looks like, or Venus, or Mars, or constellations like the Big Dipper, or Orion, or Cassiopeia, they will soon know what is really cool in the sky. What looks anomalous? What looks like a satellite and what doesn't? Looking up is our best interest, and they want those reports. And the more those reports come out, the more people are paying attention, the more we're able to maybe identify what is a UFO and what is not. I just think it's interesting that we are getting that attention and that that attention 
is something that is much needed for what we do. But I do believe that there is a disinformation campaign going on. I haven't put my finger on it yet. And I know if you've listened the past couple of weeks, you'll hear me talking about the movie The Transformers and Sector 7 that, you know, the Banachek ran in the movie. And when the Secretary of Defense says, never heard of it, and Banachek responds, never will. God, that's good. That's good drama. I think something like that may be going on. Not everybody knows everything. And I don't know whether or not there's crash retrievals. I don't know whether or not Holloman Air Force Base video happened. I don't know if Eisenhower met aliens. I don't know what the Phoenix lights were. I can only assume just like you can. And to me, it all looks alien and UFO. But there are many out there who believe that maybe it isn't. That maybe this is a story that isn't as big or wide-eyed as we believe. The people who have experienced the phenomena already know. People who have recorded landings, seen landings, had extraterrestrial contact. That is a massive, massive move towards pushing this story and keeping it going. But we know the government isn't out there because they're still segregating UFOs, or pardon me, UAP, from extraterrestrials. That debate will continue for a number of years because we're not ready for aliens. No, we are not. But what is the script? This is where I'm confused now. I don't know what the script is on where the balance of what is fake and what is real is going on. And I blame my good friend Random Guy for that because he's opened my eyes to what a number of possibilities may be. Whether it's from secret bases, whether it's Lockheed Martin, whether it's Raytheon, McDonnell Douglas, Boeing, Northrop, you name it. Who's making what toys? And what toys are really out there that we have no clue about? We know there are things happening. We've heard the stories of things happening. And even Random Guy himself will tell you that we need to watch the water a little bit more. Not mountains opening up, not craft flying into volcanoes, or over shopping centers or raceways. It's not balloons. It's not China. There is a UFO problem out there. Problem is, what the hell is a UFO? I want to know. I know personally what I have seen. To everybody else, it'll be anecdotal. But I know what my eyes have seen, and I know what my brain has thought. And many others just like you who've seen things know exactly what you've seen, and you have to stay strong on that. While the rest of the world tries to debate UFOs and UAP and the nuts and bolts and the science behind everything and the cover-up that goes on. This is where you, the viewer, the seer of something strange and anomalous, needs to stay strong to your story. That 
is your Dave 101. If you're watching this on YouTube, do me a favor. Afterwards, leave a comment, message below. Let me know what you think. Are we off the rails or are we speaking from the heart? You tell me. We want to hear your story. Now, it's time for the news. What time is it? It's time for Shirky Pink News. All right, let's get to the odds and ends here of the strange and weird. An Australian man has gone from the slammer into the porn business to who knows what, thanks to an on-the-job accident. Liam Ellis, who was in jail for more than four years for drug offenses related to his time with a biker gang, fractured his ding-dong during a shoot. A movie shoot, that is. Ellis reportedly is now making a bundle on OnlyFans, but his livelihood may be threatened because of this accident. I didn't think of anything at the time, but a while later it turned completely black. Basically, I was having sex at the time, and it slipped out while I was still in motion, wasn't lined up, and then snap, bang, boom, the old penile fracture. Every man out there right now is grinding their teeth. It's got that sour look on their face. Terrible. Terrible. Ellis, by the way, underwent surgery, been prescribed medicine to prevent it from becoming too excited while he heals. Ellis says he's worried the injury may happen even again after he recovers, but he still hopes to continue with his OnlyFans because he's making some good money there. How about you slow down and maybe pay attention to where you are? Oh, the poor guy. Poor guy. Snap, crackle, pop right there. Whew. And we're not talking Rice Krispies. Japanese man was arrested. Why? Well, because apparently he really had to use the washroom. The man allegedly beat up a 37-year-old man and stole his wallet outside a convenience store because he said the man was taking too long to get off the toilet. Yeah, a Kyoto newspaper citing police says the suspect... Uh, had admitted to punching the victim twice in the face and stealing his wallet, which contained 110,000 yen, or about 1,100 Canadian bucks, or about, you know, what would that be, about 700 American? Police said the victim suffered minor injuries to his face. Baba allegedly said the wallet fell out after he attacked the man, and he had not planned to also steal the money. Yeah, sure you didn't. Let's go to Spain, where the Secretary of State for Transport and the head of the State of Rail Company have resigned for an unusual reason. Turns out a bunch of trains ordered for two northern Spanish regions were too big to fit on the tunnels or through the tunnels. That's a problem. Plans began three years ago to purchase a train for hundreds of millions of dollars. Problem is, they were too big. Couldn't get them through. Vanderbilt University officials have been ripped for using chat GPT to write a consoling emails to students following the mass shooting at Michigan State. The officials, administrators of Vanderbilt's Peabody College of Education and Human Development, had to apologize after the email that noted in small print at the bottom that the message was a paraphrase from OpenAI's chat GPT, AI language model, personal communication. Honestly, 
how big of a jerk do you have to be to use chat GPT to say, I'm sorry for what's happened at your school? Think about that for a second. Who does that? Royal Canadian Mounties are reminding the public that 911 is only for emergency calls. Why? Well, apparently, in my mama's hometown of Steinbeck, Manitoba, a lady called to complain to 911 to send the police down because of the length of the drive through line at the new Burger King. Mounties took to Twitter to call out the non-emergency call that came in. We realize that you aren't you when you're hungry, the police said, but this is not a valid reason to call 911. We definitely want to raise awareness about people not using 911 properly, said Manitoba spokesperson Tara Seal. We don't ever want to discourage anyone from calling if they need help, but we also want people to be a little self-aware in terms of what they need that immediately calls for police assistance. We thought it was tongue-in-cheek, humorous way to drive home a really serious message, which is only reason why anyone should call 911 at all. Who does this? It's a burger joint. It's brand new. By the way, uh, I wonder if it's near my grandparents' museum. I don't know. But great-grandparents, that would be. Either way, if the drive through is too long, pick somewhere else or wait till later. It's that easy. Thank you to everyone participating in tonight's show tonight, including Super Duke and Glenn Jackson, our guest. What a fantastic show of cryptids tonight. Love that stuff. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, LinkedIn, Spreaker, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we got room for them, too. Good night. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba. 
Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We were prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.